ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम ज्ञानतिरांध्य ज्ञानाजन शलाकया चक्षुन्मील तस्म श्रीगुरव नम श्रीचैतन्यमनोभीष्ट स्थापित येन भूतले स्वयं रूप कदा मह्यम ददा स्वदाक वंदेहम श्रीगुरोश्रीयुतपदकमल श्रीगुरोन्वैष्णवाश्चम सागृजात सह गणरघुनाथन्वित तम सजीव साइत सवधूत परिजन सहित कृष्णचैतन्यदेवराधाकृष्णपादान सह गणलिता श्री विशाखान्विता हे कृष्णकुणा सिंधो दीनबंधो जगत्पते गोपेश गोपिकाकांतराधाकांतनमोस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदवनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरे प्रिय वाछाकलतरुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिता पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नम नम ओं विष्णुपादा प्रेस्था भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदातस्वामीनामिने नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषून्यवादी पाश्चातिणे जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्रीअद्वैतगदाधर श्रीवासादिगौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे वेलकम टू एपिसोड नाइन ऑफ श्री ईशोपनिषद टूडेज टॉपिक इज मंत्र एट ऑफ द ईशोपनिषद वर्ड टू वर्ड we'll just look at the each and every word so it's in this section here sah paryagat shukram akayam avranam asnaviram sorry asnaviram शुद्धम अपापविधम कवि मनीषी परिभू स्वयंभू यथात अर्थान व्यदात शाश्वतीभ्य samabhya right now the entire line line by line here it looks like five lines but actually the last line is um, divided into two lines so because it's a very long line um it doesn't exactly follow the meter of the shrimad bhagavatam but this is another meter where the first three lines are I think uh, what eleven? Sapariyaga chuk 
Vikram Akayam Avranam. So, 12, 12 uh, syllables in the first line and likewise I think the first three lines and then the last line is I think 16 syllables if I am not wrong. Yatha Tathya Torthan Vyadadha Chaswati Bhyasamabhya 17. So, the last one is 17, the first three are about 11 or 12 syllables. So, we will just chant it as if it is like a 11 or 12 syllables. Sapariyagachukram akayamavranam. So, please repeat after me. Actually, um, this uh, chanda is called Ushnik chanda or something like this. Not Ushnik, I think that is 8.8.8.12. But this is 12.12.12.17. So, it's, I do not know what chanda is exactly this. But we will just chant like, you know, we will try to fit into the tune of 11. Sapariyaga chukram akayam avranam Asnaviram shuddham apapavidham Kavirmanishi paribhuhu svayambhur Yatha tathya torthan vyadadha chasvati bhya samabhya Sapariyaga chukram akayam avranam Asnaviram shuddham apapavidham Kavirmanishi paribhuhu svayambhur Yatha tathya torthan vyadadha chasvati bhyasamabhyaha Alright, so <clears throat> the word to word Saha, that person Again, when we talk about that person means the Supreme Lord. Pariyagat must know in fact. Shukram, the omnipotent. Akayam, unembodied. Kayam, kaya means body. And akaya means he does not have a body. So that does not mean he does not have a body at all. But he does not have a body like we know a body. Like we know a body to be like material, like, like flesh veins so that we will learn you see akaya means unembodied avranam without reproach asnaviram without veins so he has a body but he does not have veins and you know uh, bones and like this this is a uh, imitation that's why in the bible also it is said man is made in the image of god just like we see um what is that um, mannequin, mannequin. That means you know, like a, like a model of a woman or a man, that is made of plastic. So if you go to a clothes shop, they will have these mannequins, and they will be dressed in some way, so <clears throat> to exhibit the dress. So that shape of that mannequin is designed after a man or a woman. Usually, it's woman because mostly they are clothes. So. Um, it is fashioned after a real human being. But a real human, so in that way you can say a mannequin is made after the image of a human being. 
although it is an imitation of a human form but it is made of plastic or whatever the uh, material is so similarly although it is an imitation of a human form it is not made of the ingredients of a human form uh, ingredients of a human form are you know like we know skin uh, flesh muscles bones veins nerves and all these things so the mannequin is not made of these things but it is made in the image of a human being similarly man is made in the image of god so our human body itself is like a mannequin of god so <clears throat> it's like a model of god so it is it this is made of bones flesh and everything veins and nerves and all the muscles and everything and mucus urine stool and whatever <laughs> disgusting elements but uh, the lord's body is not made of these things so in this way we have to understand akayam means unembodied avranam without reproach asnaviram without veins shuddham antiseptic pure antiseptic apapavidham prophylactic prophylactic especially if you are in the medical field you will understand prophylactic is um, uh, a preventive like like a vaccine you know <clears throat> prophylactic so it is it will prevent uh, any infection so apapavidham kavi omniscient kavi also means poet but kavi also means omniscient so one who knows uh, one who is expert in the knowledge so he is expert in all knowledge so is and knowledge means not just of the past and present but also of the future vedaham samatitani vartamanaani charjuna bhavishyani cha bhutani maam tu vedana kashchana chapter 7 text 26 so he says that um, i am the knower of past present and future so the verse so as arjuna uh, sorry o oh arjuna as the supreme personality of godhead i know everything that has happened in the past all that is happening in the present and all the all things that are yet to come i also know all living entities but me no one knows so this is the omniscience kavi manishi philosopher paribhuhu the greatest of all swayambhuhu self sufficient swayambhuhu also means self born self born means he is not born of a mother and father and sometimes brahma is also called swayambhu because he was born from the lotus um and he did not have a mother so he was born from the uh, lotus that grew out of the navel of garbhodakshaya vishnu and from that lotus he um, grew and he was born so because he had no mother so therefore he was he is also called swayambhu but the real swayambhu is the lord swayambhu who has who is in existence without any other cause self sufficient we need we are dependent on the mother to come here into this world so the lord is not dependent so that is why i am who self sufficient yatha tatyatah just in persons of hmm, arthan desirables vyadhat awards shashvati bhyah immemorial samabhyah time translation and purport by divangres ac bhakti vedanta swami shri prabhupad ki jai translation such a person must factually know the greatest of all the personality of godhead who is unembodied actually here sorry sa means 
not the supreme personality we are talking about because the previous two verses were about the pure devotee who sees the lord everywhere so i got that wrong there so sa means it's he the pure devotee who sees the lord everywhere so it's about him such a person must factually know the greatest of all the personality of godhead who is unembodied omniscient beyond reproach without veins pure and uncontaminated the self sufficient philosopher who has been fulfilling everyone's desire since time immemorial you see how you just notice how the upanishads especially this isha upanishad and even other upanishads the name krishna is very um very much very less it is there it is very less that's why the mayavadis they take advantage of these uh, words saha or isha isha means the supreme lord so um they take advantage of uh, these words and try to manipulate that's why we have to understand the shruti through the smriti hmm. then it is properly understood and especially through the mouth of a pure devotee if prabhupad did not explain the ishopanishad we would not understand this hmm. even later on the verses uh, it can be translated wrongly uh, the mayavadis can easily manipulate the meaning using different meanings of the words so in this way um, shankaracharya attempted but then um, the vaishnava acharyas like ramanuja acharya and uh, madhva acharya they also have commentaries on the these 10 upanishads the 10 important upanishads so and also the vedanta sutra and vedas so in that way uh, the vaishnava philosophy was reestablished after shankaracharya's um, uh, you know manipulation <clears throat> so now we will uh, connect this english to the sanskrit the phrases phrase by phrase so such a person must factually know the greatest of all the personality of godhead so so such a person that means saha that person you see in the word to word that person such a person must factually know uh, paryagach paryagat means must know in fact so that is must factually know the greatest of all the supreme personality of godhead so of course here is the topic is about the lord so um just like uh, the previous verses the pure devotee sees the lord everywhere so he were talking about that same supreme lord so he should understand the personality of godhead who is unembodied akayam avranam beyond reproach Uh, omniscient omniscient is um kavi what is that yeah kavi akayam then that kavi translation is coming uh, who is unembodied beyond reproach beyond reproach is uh, apapavidham is it beyond reproach Ar- avranam yes avranam beyond reproach so what is reproach let's look up see that rebuke or beyond um fault like you see here the word meaning is ex- express to um someone one's disapproval of or disappointment in their actions so he can never be blamed for anything in that way so whatever he does is never wrong hmm. so it's never subject to 
any laws of karma or any right or wrong. Everything that he does is always right. Uh, he is not a person to be um, uh, judged by us. So he, just like Raslila, sometimes people think, you know, how come he is more, um, how come he is lusty? How come God can be lusty? So that kind of understanding to try to see some fault in God, that is actually offensive. Because the Lord, even though he may do anything, whether he gets angry or whether he uh, danced with other people's wives, there is nothing wrong in that. Because everybody is actually to be enjoyed by him. So this wife or husband or whatever, this is all bodily relationships. So actually we all belong to Krishna. So there is nothing wrong when Krishna does it. But when we do it, then it becomes completely criminal. Uh, but when we cannot, uh, so we um, are subject to reproach. So he is never subject to reproach. Um, he is never subject to any uh, judgment by any material law. He is above all Vedic rules and regulations. Mm. Beyond reproach. Without veins, pure. So he has a body. With, like we need veins for the blood to flow and for the body to be maintained. But if he has no veins, that doesn't mean he has no body. Uh, otherwise, if he has no body, if he's if he's not a person, then it is useless uh, referring to him as he, he, he like that. You know, so an Isha controller. How can you be a controller if if you're not a person? So th- this idea of not being a person, impersonal idea of God, that is completely refuted. Uh, but he does not have veins, so his body is made not of our our ingredients like this, um, <clears throat> pure and uncontaminated. Uh, the self-sufficient philosopher who has been so if you, if you see the words asnaviram without veins pure and uncontaminated shuddham and apapavidham so shuddham means he is pure and antiseptic that means um, not only is he pure but if we chant his name we also become pure and just like fire is pure and when fire we can sterilize things with fire so when whatever touches fire that also becomes pure so in that way, um, <clears throat> so he is pure and uncontaminated, apapavidham, uh, prophylactic. So he is, uh, papa cannot touch him or sin cannot touch him. Um, he will, he, there is no such thing as he committing sin. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, there are uh, explanations where, you know, like in Mahabharata, for example, Gandhari cursed him. How can he come under the curse of Gandhari? So, and also um, because they say that because uh, Ram, Lord Ram killed Vali hiding and shooting him. So next life Vali came and is the hunter to shoot Krishna. And that's how Krishna was shot in the sole of his feet. And uh, like that he was, um, what is that? Uh, killed, so called. So in this way, uh, these are bewildering uh, pastimes of the Lord, where the um, because a, the atheist want to be, wants to be convinced that there is no God or God is just an ordinary person, and he is also subject to the laws of nature when he comes into this material world. This is the Mayavadi's philosophy, and he engages in activities which are so bewildering that they get convinced. 
So if somebody wants to take Krishna as an ordinary person, Krishna will give them the, intel- the, give them the intelligence to think that he is an ordinary person. So, for example, he accepted Gandhari's curse. How? See, nobody can curse him or bless him. But, when the devotees bless him or when the devotees curse him, he accepts it. He accepts it. Just like uh, Tulasi Maharani. Uh, Tulasi also cursed Lord Vishnu to become a stone because oh, she's so, he was so stone-hearted, I, I curse you to become stone. So, he became a stone, Shalagramshila. So, but because devotee cursed him. So, he accepts the curses or blessings of his devotees. But you may, say, you may think, how can a devotee curse Krishna? So, this is very intimate relationship, just like Yashoda Maya. She, she chastised him, she tied him up, she you know, scolded him. But, you know, he, he likes these things also. This is something he enjoys as well. So, these are all different types of relationships he enjoys. He enjoys not only, you know, just like when we eat. Sometimes we, eat to eat, like, we like to eat uh, sweet things. But not that if you are fed only sweets and nothing else. Actually, there is a story that I read in a, when I was a small kid. So, this king had, um, it's like a fable story, you know. So, this king had nine daughters. And, you know, uh, at one point when they were about, about in their teens, everybody was quite, you know, grown up, you can say. And they were ready for marriage at that time. Um, the father asked them, how much do you love me? So, one, the, the one daughter said, you know, I love you as, as much as a, uh, like, like a, like a gulab jamun, you know, um, you are like, you like gulab jamun, you know, and somebody said, I like, I like, I love you like, uh, like a jalebi. So, that means in that way, what they are saying is, I, you know, in this, in this, in, in a sweet way, you know, I love you like this. And then, um, like this, you know, every, every daughter was saying like this. And two daughters, the youngest two, they said, one of them said, I love you like salt. And the other said, I love you like um, um, sour, sour or something like that. Or pan, um, like, like chili. <laughs> then, um, the father got very angry with them and he banished them from his kingdom. And... He thought, what is this, you know, you, you have no good feelings for me, you, you, your affection is for me is like a salt, you know, that means it is not sweet, you know, and what, chilli, what is this, you know. So, in that way, then after some time, uh, when they were banished, they were very sorry to know that their father banished them and they wanted to win him back. So, they told some of uh, his spies that, okay, we have a plan. You let the king know that uh, I will arrange, we will arrange a feast for him, but you don't tell him who arranged the feast. Say it was a very mysterious well-wisher, um, but he's a real well, uh, the person is a real well-wisher. So after the feast, then they would reveal the, uh, the 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 you know whoever cooked the feast, they will reveal themselves. You tell that like that to the king. So, he, the messenger went and told and the king said, alright, okay. He was a little bit skeptical, but alright, if he's a well-wisher, then he agreed. Then they cooked a feast full of so many sweets and nothing but sweets. Then he saw, wow, such a great feast. I mean, how many items are here? 100 over, 
items. So he started tasting one by one, you know, one by one. Everything is sweet, 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 sweet. He got fed up with the whole thing. Oh, come on, what is this? I mean, where is where is sabjis? Where is dal? Where is you know? Where is some pickles? You know, where where is some? It's just sweet. You know, how much can I eat? You know. Then, you know, uh, the two daughters came forward, and they said, "We are the ones who arrange this feast." You, you know, because he he scolded the you know people. Where where is where is where is any preparation with salt or where is any preparation with chili? <laughs> then the daughters came. Ah, you see, this is why we said salt and chili. Where you can eat anything without salt. So sweet is only one part of the uh, whole feast. You know, there is a salt, there is chili. So many different tastes are there. So you know, so that's how we love you. So then the king understood his mistake. Yeah. So anyway, that was the story. <clears throat> so what the point is. there are different tastes in a re- in relationships so krishna wants to taste everything hmm. so some glorify him with prayers some glorify you know um, you know so especially when it goes to uh, sakhiras uh, vatsalyaras madhuryaras there are so many varieties of relationships there and um, you know sometimes the the cowherd boys they they ask him to close his mouth uh, close his eyes and then say um, we are going to give you some sweetest fruit and then they will put a flower inside his mouth then because his eyes are closed you close your eyes will give you the sweetest fruit that is available you will you will be you know you will be so stunned by its taste so then they put you know the flower and it's very bitter so when he then he very bitter and then he twists his face and you know, then you know they like it so they all laugh you know so they make fun of him and they climb on his shoulders you know and then they play games with him sometimes they even challenge him with, uh, to a fight and all these things are going on and the parents sometimes chastise him the the gopis you know they have their uh, loving relationships and in their loving relationships there will be sometimes seeming envy seeming you know like sometimes radharani is like displeased and krishna has to like go and fall at her feet and all these things so <laughs> so these are all different tastes in a relationship so he engages in all these relationships with his devotees and even when he wants to exhibit his anger he will send his devotee down like hiranyakashipu and hiranyaksha he sent jay and vijay the the doorkeepers of vaikuntha so they were his devotees so he sent them over to the material world so that they can fight with him so he always engages with his devotees so whenever somebody curses him so whenever somebody you know does this that seemingly so called reversals Uh, he is never controlled by the words of a non devotee never when hiranyakashipu challenged narasimhadev to appear before him um, he did not appear because of the challenge of hiranyakashipu but because of the approval of prahlad prahlad said yes there is there is the lord in this pillar so that's how he um, manifested himself from the pillar so he answered prahlad's words and not hiranyakashipu's words so in that way he always engages in relationships with his devotees but an impersonalist of an observer from far they cannot know these things the intricacies of the lord and his devotees and their relationships so that's why um, he is misunderstood by people in different ways <coughs> self sufficient philosopher so he is uh, what is that what is a self sufficient swayambhu yeah a philosopher yathat manishi manishi means philosopher and paribhu the greatest of all paribhu so this is referring to the supreme lord so the greatest means there is always three levels good better best so the positive the comparative and the superlative 
so superlative is where uh, is the descriptions of the lord so good better best so he's just not good and he's just not better than others but he's the best of all so that means again he's a person there's no comparison between a person and a not person no best means best of all so so that's again person swayambhu yatha tathyato arthan so just in the persons of the desirables you see here who has been fulfilling everyone's desire just as they were desiring in the persons of the desire he fulfilled vyadadhat means awards he fulfills awards their desires since time immemorial shashvati bhya samabhya shashvati bhya samabhya means since time immemorial that means since infinite past he has been doing this all the way so that's how um, you can map the sanskrit to the english translation now let's go to the purport here is a description of the transcendental and eternal form of the absolute personality of godhead the supreme lord is not formless he has his own transcendental form which is not at all similar to the forms of the mundane world the forms of the living entities in this world are embodied in material nature and they work like any material machine so this is basically a mechanical construction that we have this material body so um, just like in a in a car the machine you know there is fluids going around there is you know there is a fuel there is the combustion there is fire there is you know water there is fuel there is metal parts there are screws um, you know and axles and steering and a gearbox so many things you know in a car so it's all working to move it so there similarly to move this car of the material body uh, there is so much system inside you know but the driver uh, is required for the car to move so similarly the soul is required for this body to move so when the soul leaves the body then this just like when you switch off i mean when the key you turn off or nowadays it's just a button so if you turn it off then you know no more the car doesn't move although it may have all the mechanics of you know a, a machine that can move it will not move unless there is a driver so even the so called self driving cars or whatever you still need somebody to push on the button if everything just goes on automatically you don't want to sit in that car you know because <laughs> you have absolutely no control right so the self driving cars are basically um still under the control of the driver and of course the other engineering um devices inside like the gps and everything so it is dependent on all these things so it is not exactly self driving there is a mechanics of driving just that it is not the way we used to drive it's just a different mechanics but still there is control <clears throat> so similarly this body is like a is a machine it works like any other machine the anatomy of a material body uh, must have a mechanical construction with veins and so forth but the transcendental body of the supreme lord has nothing like veins it is clearly stated here that he is unembodied which means that there is no difference between his body and his soul okay let me go to some description here i'm looking for a verse i actually do not know exactly where it is but i think it's in this chapter let's see 
Bhishmadev is explaining something here. You see this. You see this description here. 1.9.34. So Bhishma Dev is meditating on the form of Krishna that, that he saw on the battlefield. And he is mentioning that form and what he saw. And how he fixed in meditation on that form. But this was just before his passing away. He, just, he said these few words and then he passed away. So, there he is uh, mentioning Yudhituragarajo vidhumra vishvak kachalulitas shramavari alankritasye mamanishita sharair vibhidyamana tvachivilasat kavachestu krishna atma On the battlefield where Shri Krishna attended Arjuna out of friendship the flowing hair of Lord Krishna turned ashen due to the dust raised by the hoofs of the horses. And because of his labor, beads of sweat wetted his face. All these decorations, intensified by the wounds dealt by my sharp arrows, were enjoyed by him. Let my mind thus go unto Shri Krishna. Now here he is saying, there were wounds dealt by my sharp arrows. I shot arrows at Krishna. So he actually, Bhishmadev shot his arrows at Krishna and there was blood coming out. So how did blood come out when there were no veins? See that? So and then for the, for the, um, <clears throat> for the Lord himself, those blood wounds, bloody wounds actually appeared like flower offerings. Just like when a devotee offers flowers. So the Lord, for the Lord, it was like flowers. And he enjoyed such chivalrous mood with the Lord. So, <clears throat> you see here, in the purport, the Lord is the absolute form of eternity, bliss and knowledge. As such, the transcendental loving service to the Lord in one of the five principal relations, namely Shanta, Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya and Madhurya, that is, neutrality, servitorship, fraternity, filial affection and conjugal love, is graciously, graciously accepted by the Lord when offered to the Lord in genuine love and affection. Shri Bhishmadev is a great devotee of the Lord in the relationship of servitorship. Thus, his throwing of sharp arrows at the transcendental body of the Lord is as good as the worship of another devotee who throws soft roses upon him. It appears that Bhishmadev is repenting the actions he committed against the person of the Lord. But factually, the Lord's body was not at all pained due to his transcendental existence. His body is not matter. Both he himself and his body are complete spiritual identity. Spirit is never pierced burnt, dried, moistened, etc. This is vividly explained in the Bhagavad Gita. So also, it is stated in the Skanda Puran. It is said there that spirit is always uncontaminated and indestructible. It cannot be distressed, nor, it, nor can it be dried up. When Lord Vishnu in his incarnation appears before us, he seems to be like one of the conditioned souls, materially engaged, just to bewilder the Asuras or the non-believers who are always alert to kill the Lord even from the very beginning of his appearance. Kamsa wanted to kill Krishna and Ravana wanted to kill Ram because foolishly they were unaware of the fact that the Lord is never killed for the spirit is never annihilated. 
in fact there is there are there were many descriptions in the ramayana where the lord hit i mean sorry the arrow hit the lord in his head and blood started you know uh, gushing out from his uh, head but still he fought he fought with valiantly and defeated them so you know how can blood come so he can make blood from spirit i mean he can do anything right and to to build the atheist he can do anything again so he can make anything so we have to always remember the but that doesn't stop him from enacting his leelas if we get a, a arrow at our head i think that that'll be the end of us you know so forget about arrow and just the knife also will be finished so but he, he you know arrows are coming at such huge speed and you know he he he's taking them and then he there is blood on his body and he's still fighting you know so even an ordinary kshatriya would do that you know what to speak of just like karna when the when the when the drilling spider pierced him and then the blood you know was you know like like a fountain it was uh, spilling from his body but then he just remained as still as clear i mean crystal clear water without a ripple he did not even move little bit like that not even that just just as if nothing happened because he did not want to disturb parashuram his guru so um, like that kshatriya then that's why actually parashuram cursed him oh you are not a brahmana um, you are a kshatriya because he saw that only kshatriya can take that pain uh, and not be uh, even um, not, will not flinch even a little bit a brahmana and or vaishya or shudra cannot take that pain so he knew he was a kshatriya and he cursed him that you will not remember this mantra um, for throwing the shakti weapon when you absolutely most need it that time you will forget and eventually good enough i mean well enough he forgot the mantra when he was wanted to use it against arjuna so um so this is the explanation you see so kamsa wanted to kill krishna and ravana and ravana wanted to kill ram because foolishly they were unaware of the fact that the lord is never killed for the spirit is never annihilated therefore bhishma dev's piercing of the body of lord krishna is a sort of bewildering problem for the non devotee atheist but those who are devotees or liberated souls are not bewildered bhishma dev appeared as sorry appreciated the all merciful attitude of the lord because he did not leave arjuna alone although he was disturbed by the sharp sharpened arrows of bhishma dev nor was he reluctant to come before bhishma dev's deathbed even though he was ill treated by him on the battlefield bhishma dev's repentance and the lord's merciful attitude are both unique in this picture shri vishwanath chakravarti thakur a great acharya and devotee in the humor of conjugal love with the lord remarks very saliently in this regard he says that the wounds created on the body of the lord by the sharpened arrows of bhishma dev were as pleasing to the lord as the biting of a fiancee who bites the body of the lord directed by a strong sense of sex desire such biting by the opposite sex is never taken as a sign of enmity even if there is a wound on the body therefore the fighting as an exchange of transcendental pleasure between the lord and his devotee shri bhishma dev was not at all mundane so he is giving another explanation shri vishwanath chakravarti thakur so of course this is <laughs> um you know a bit um, <laughs> wouldn't discuss it publicly but shri vishwanath chakravarti thakur gave the explanation so it is there so in sexual relationship when the if the woman bites you know in extreme sense um, sex pleasure if she bites the the man so such wounds 
um, are not really taken as um, um, enmity, you know. So they are, and I think they they call love bites or something. <laughs> I think there is a word for that. So, so such that example is given by Vishwanath Sakravarti Thakur here, and therefore it's actually an offering of love by Bhishma Dev and not really, and the Lord also did not take it in the wrong way. <clears throat> but Bhishma Dev seemed seemed to be um, regretting that he had acted that way. But that was the relationship between him and the Lord, chivalrous mood, the, the mood of a servitor. So, the Lord wanted him to behave like that and so he behaved like that, so, to teach others lessons. So, Bhishmadev was in the opposite camp. How? Why? Because he is a pure devotee. He would never go against Krishna, but why was he against? Because that was the order of the Lord. So, according to the order of the Lord, the devotee will play any role. Like the doorkeepers of Vaikuntha, Jaya and Vijaya, they agreed to be demon, demons. And be the best demons that can be. I mean, if anybody wants to be a first-class demon, he can be inspired by Hiranyakashipu, Hiranyaksha, Ravana, Kumbhakarna, Shishupala, Sundantavakra, first-class demons. That's why even Prahlad Maharaj told, Oh, Asuravarya, you know, best of the demons. So, that kind of, whatever the devotee does, he does it in the best possible way, um, best service. So, if the Lord wants the devotee to be a demon and fight with him, he will do it in the best possible way. Just like a good actor, he will play any role, you know. So, similarly, a devotee will play any role for the pleasure of the Lord. Even if that means fighting for him or fighting with him, you know, or any anything. Just like the gopis, when they were asked the dust, take, take as much as you want. No, you, are going, you will go to hell if you, no, no, never mind, let us go to hell, so what? The Lord must be pleased. If that means hell to us, so be it. That hell is better than for us because the Lord is pleased. So, that mood of a devotee is very unique. He will serve the Lord in any capacity that the Lord wants. So, Sri <clears throat> Bhishma was not at all mundane. Sorry. Um, such biting by the opposite sex is never taken as a sign of enmity, even if there is a wound on the body. Therefore, the fighting as an exchange of transcendental pleasure between the Lord and his pure devotee, Sri Bhishma was not at all mundane. Besides that, since the Lord's body and the Lord are identical, there was no possibility of wounds in the absolute body. The apparent wounds caused by the sharpened arrows are misleading to the common man, but one who has a little absolute knowledge can understand the transcendental exchange in the chivalrous relation. So, there are five relations, primary relations, Shanta, Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya and Madhurya. But there are also seven other indirect relationships of which one is chivalry. Chivalry means like um, in, a, in a mood of challenging spirit, but not exactly challenging the Lord in an atheistic way, but just like um, Sridhama. Sridhama, he was a uh, uh, friend of Krishna among the cowherd boys. So, this Sridhama would always challenge Krishna, come, let's fight with me, fight with me, you know, come and see how strong you are. And always Sridhama would defeat Krishna. Whereas Krishna would, you know, defeat all the big, big, big demons. And when the demon all demon demons come, Sridhama is nowhere to be found. <laughs> but when there is no demon, Sridhama will become the big fighter. And, you know, he will fight with Krishna and defeat Krishna. But when the demons come, he is nowhere to be found. He hides behind Krishna. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, in that way, these are all loving, loving relationships. Uh, but uh, Sridhama was very expert in fighting. Very, very expert. And he would satisfy the Lord with his uh, stick fighting and you know in his um, grappling and everything all these things um, so that is called chivalry chivalry means that that challenging mood 
come let's fight you know that kind of mood <clears throat> the apparent woods caused by the sharpened arrows are misleading to the common man but one who has little absolute knowledge can understand the transcendental exchange in the chivalrous relation the lord was perfectly happy with the wounds caused by the sharpened arrows of bhishma dev the word vibhidyamana is significant because the lord's skin is not different from the lord because our skin is different from our soul in our case the word vibhidyamana or being bruised and cut would have been quite suitable transcendental bliss is of different varieties and the variety of activities in the mundane world is but a perverted reflection of transcendental bliss so everything that we see in this world good or bad is actually a reflection of what is already there in the spiritual world just like we have yesterday um, discussed about the 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 vis- i mean the fact that we can see mango the reflection of mango in the water that means there is real mango only that that which is existing in reality can be reflected in a reflection so there will be nothing in a reflection that is not already there in reality so a mirror will only reflect what is there it will not create something a mirror does not create a form it will reflect a form that is already there so similarly uh, this material world is a perverted reflection perverted means pervert means perverted means opposite like that tree example so the tree is upright and the perverted reflection means the the tree is upside down in the reflection um, so this is perverted uh, the opposite than what it is so the highest part of the tree will be the lowest part in the reflection so similarly the highest bliss that is raslila where krishna has this paramour love um the the what is that um swakya parakiya parakiya rasa that means the seeming relationship as if he was dancing with other people's wives actually radharani is nobody's else's nobody owns her except krishna but it looks like you know she has a husband so that that specific mood of a parakiya bhav can be brought out so in that way she is represented but otherwise everybody actually belongs to krishna so anyway that mood is there that mood is very abominable in the material world because in the reflection that is the lowest part what is the highest on the tree will be the lowest in the reflection so the gopi's love is so high in fact chaitanya mahaprabhu the strictest sanyasi that can be he himself said ramya kaachu dupasana vrajavadhu vargena ya kalpita nobody can worship krishna better than the gopis um, so that high level of bhakti in the material world that same relationship an extramarital affair in this material world is the most abominable the lowest the worst behavior so that's how this is called perverted reflection upside down reflection so that said there is also uh, the truth is that nothing exists in the reflection if it is not in reality so if there is um, blood here there is also blood in the lord but he has no veins so how the blood is running so he can run the blood anyway and the blood is not different from him and it doesn't affect him for we, for us if the blood comes out from our body or when there is a flower thrown on us the feeling is different the flower is very soft but the blood is very painful when there is an open wound but the lord took arrows from the greatest archer of his time bhishma dev and he was not killed in the first place and he enjoyed those arrows like they were flower offerings you know etani pushpani om klim krishnaya namaha you know <laughs> like that he offered um um 
arrows. <coughs> but the Lord took it and he was very happy, you see, he just said that. And Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur also gave his example there. It's a, it's a wound of love, not of enmity. Um, transcendental bliss of, is of different varieties and the variety of activities in the material, mundane world is but a perverted reflection of transcendental bliss. Because everything in the mundane world is qualitatively mundane, it is full of inebrieties. Inebrieties means imperfections. So here everything is imperfect. When there is a wound, oh, it is, it is something with, that is not very, nobody likes to see that. It is not a very welcome scene. But for the Lord, everything is welcome. Oh, no. Oh, no. So that is the absolute nature. Uh, nothing here anger is bad but in in the lord anger is good so everything that may appear good or bad in this world is all good in krishna and it is not that krishna only smiles he gets angry also like narasimhadev but that is also as auspicious as his smile the anger of the lord so that way it is full of inebrieties whereas in the absolute realm because everything is of the same absolute nature there are varieties of enjoyment without inebriety. The Lord enjoyed the wounds created by his de- great devotee Bhishmadev and because Bhishmadev is a devotee in the chivalrous relation, he fixes up his mind on Krishna in that wounded condition. In fact, you see, he fixed up his mind on Krishna in that wounded condition. You know, So he was meditating on Krishna. Oh, Krishna has blood on him. Usually, if you love someone, you don't like to picture him uh, when he's all wounded. Suppose, uh, a, a soldier and he has his wife and the wife will not keep a picture of her husband where he's all wounded with some bullet wounds and all that with all blood on him you know uh, you know she doesn't keep a picture like that on the house and say wow i, I love you you know she doesn't say that <laughs> she doesn't like to see the husband in that in that condition you know in the wounded condition right but bhishma was meditating on krishna in that wounded condition you see, the, the reason is because of the chivalrous relation that he has with the Lord. So, that um, wounded Krishna is a source of pleasure for Bhishma Dev. At the same time, he has this regret that I have shot the arrow at him. But still, Krishna is so kind that he has come before me at, at, the, at this crucial hour of my death and still is, you know, giving me his audience and treating me as his devotee. So, in that way, that sweet relationship is there between Bhishma Dev and uh, Krishna. So anyway, coming back to the point of veins. So he doesn't have veins, but he does these pastimes to bewilder the atheists and to satisfy his devotees like Bhishma Dev and you know even Acharyas have the explanation of why this is so. Hmm. So even though he may accept curses or he may accept you know um, these kind of wounds, he accepts it from his devotees. The non-devotees cannot do anything to him, cannot touch him, you know like the demons. Uh, what could they do to him? Kamsa and all these demons, what did they do to him? They could do nothing. And even today, of course, they, those demons were fortunate enough to be killed by Krishna and you know, Krishna gave them liberation. But today is, even today also, you know, atheists will say, oh, there is no God, you know, who cares? You know? So, that doesn't affect the Lord in any way. His existence, his bliss will not be affected. The Lord is sad to hear such atheistic comments, not for himself, but for that person, because that person has to suffer now. So, a devotee is also sad to see an atheist, you know, like that. So, because that atheist also is a son of Krishna. So, actually as a father, the father is a little bit sad for the son that um, he doesn't want to take my protection, he doesn't want to take my shelter. So, he is sad for him, but personally, he is not sad. And because of that sadness for us, 
um, that he wants us to be happy he comes down here and despite we having you know forsaken him he comes here and spreads his glories and gives his teachings and so that we can be elevated all right going back so the anatomy of the of a material body must have a mechanical construction with veins and so forth but the transcendental body of the supreme lord has nothing like veins it is clearly stated here that he is unembodied which means that there is no difference between his body and his soul try to understand there is no difference between his body and his soul we have a difference here that's why uh, we say this is my body but krishna's body and his soul there's no difference his soul and his body is no different nor is he forced to accept a body according to the laws of nature as we are you see he says that in the fourth chapter of bhagavad gita Although I am unborn and my transcendental body never deteriorates, avyaya means without deterioration, and although I am the lord of all living entities, I still appear in every millennium in my original transcendental form. He doesn't change bodies like we do. Every single birth, we have a different body. right but the lord also incarnates many times but he does not reincarnate like us he comes in his same spiritual body whether he comes as a boar a varaha or whether he comes as a um uh, uh, narsimha or whether he comes as kurma or whether he comes as matsya as a fish or a tortoise or a, you know a boar or a, or a half man half lion or you know anything or whether he comes as a deity he doesn't it's not different body although it may appear different uh, but it is the same transcendental body in my original transcendental form sambhavami atma maya yeah you see hmm. <clears throat> so that is how krishna comes that's why krishna says in the previous verse 4.5 that was 4.6 just now now 4.5 श्री भगवान उवाच बहूनी मे व्यतीता जन्मा तवचाजुन तान्यहम वेद सर्वाणी नरंत द पर्सनालिटी ऑफ गॉड इट सैड मेनी मेनी बर्थ्स बोथ यू एंड आई हैव पास्ट आई कैन रिमेंबर ऑल ऑफ दैम बट यू कैनॉट ओ सब ड्यूर ऑफ द एनमी सो वाई कृष्ण कैन रिमेंबर ऑल हिज बर्थ्स बिकॉज यू नेवर चेंज दिस बॉडी वेन वी चेंज अवर बॉडी वी फोगेट दस वाई वी फोगेट वॉट वी वॉट वी डिड वन वीक अगो because it's not the same body as what we have now our body is changing every second you see so we are never um, having the same body so we always forget but he never forgets in materially conditioned life the soul is different from the gross embodiment and subtle mind for the supreme lord however there is never any such difference between him and his body and mind see there is no difference between him his body and also his mind uh, his heart he, there's no difference there's no difference between him his heart his mind his intelligence and him his name his form his pastimes his book the bhagavad gita bhagavatam there's no difference between the book and krishna there's no difference between the name and krishna there's no difference between his mind and himself 
that is called absolute that is called advaitam no duality abhinnatvan namanamino that is called uh, pure oneness uh, real existence real absolute there's no relativity in him the so called relativities that exist in us exist in him but in complete harmony and they don't contradict now um for the supreme lord however there is never any such difference between him and his body and mind he is the complete whole and his mind body and he himself are all one and the same and that's the reason why he can do anything with any of his senses he can see with his feet he can smell with his eyes he can um, taste with his uh, fingers or his heart he can taste with his mind you know he all is angani yasya sakalendri avritti manti so he can do anything from any senses but we can only see with our eyes we can't hear with our eyes so we are limited so the lord is unlimited in the sense it is is not just he is unlimited and he cannot have a finite form no he is unlimited at the same time he has a finite form and in that finite form although then you can say how can how he can have only two eyes you know that's limited that is a number two yeah with the, with, with that two eyes he he sees everything how is that possible sarvata pani padam tat sarvatokshi shiromukham no he has eyes everywhere so although he has two eyes and those two eyes also are not limited in their function that they can only see like our eyes we can only see when the light is on we can't see infrared we can't see ultraviolet we can't see too big we can't see too small we can't see many many things with our eyes so limited only under very very small condition we can see so our eyes are so limited but his eyes are not only limited to seeing everything infrared or ultraviolet or even the soul huh? the soul the mind we cannot see the soul we cannot see the mind but he can see huh? so he can see everything and not only he can see but he can also smell he can also taste so his that is the meaning of infinite that is the meaning of unlimited he you cannot even conceive you cannot even imagine what he can do and you know you know that's that's the that's the supreme lord that's the existence of the supreme lord so in this way we have to understand he is the complete whole and his mind body and he himself are all one and the same that's why another important thing here is to be understood that the lord sometimes you know caste system they make you know oh they can make a big hooha about caste system that you know let's see um and similarly there is no difference in service also to him whether one is a um, temple president or when whether one is a sweeper on the in the temple there's no difference there's no difference essentially there's no difference is the same this is the absolute nature of krishna and his devotional service also uh, although it looks different there are all varieties of devotional service but everything is same hanuman was throwing big boulders big mountain peaks to create the ram setu that the bridge to lanka and squirrel was dropping you know small small pebbles you know but for the uh, ramachandra bhagwan everything was the same because he was doing his best Hanuman was doing his best the squirrel was doing his best so that mood of complete surrender is what he is accepting he is not accepting even a big mountain peak is nothing for him are big big universes are you know he is breathing in and out what is a mountain for him is some small speck of sand you know for him but he is accepting hanuman okay you are throwing mountain peak fine good you know he is accepting 
<laughs> so, um, and squirrel is also throwing one small stone for the Hanuman size of that, that mountain, I mean big big boulders, yeah the small, the stone is small. But for the Lord, from whom, from whose breathing in universes are coming out, for him what is a mountain? Even a whole universe itself is like a mustard seed and there are like a sack of you know millions and trillions and gazillions of mustard seeds. So, how does it all matter? How can we ever adequately serve the Lord? We can never adequately serve Him. So, whatever service we can do that is equally accepted by the Lord provided our bhavagrahi janardhan, bhavagrahi. So, if, if my bhava is to serve the Lord sincerely, whatever service I am doing, whatever service I am allotted, if I am doing it sincerely, that's it. The Lord will accept that. Now, here, I want to bring, you, bring your attention to this. Now, we have understood that there is no difference between his legs, his face, his, his mind, his body and he himself. There is no difference, right? Now, here this verse, this is about the caste system. Mukhabahu rupadebhya purushasya saha chatvaro jagni revarna gunair vipradaya prithak. Shri Chamasa said, each of the four social orders headed by the Brahmanas was born through the different combinations of the modes of nature from the face, arms, thighs and feet of the Supreme Lord in, the, in his universal form. Thus, the four spiritual orders were also generated. So, the caste system, those who are against caste system, they say, Oh, you see, the Shudras are from the feet and the Brahmanas are from the head. You know, there is so much discrimination. Angani, yasya There is no difference as long as... Yes... Shudra, yes, he may not have as much intelligence. You know, like sometimes, you know, that, that topic always comes up, oh, woman less intelligent, oh. But again, when they serve the Lord, he accepts everybody's service equally. So the Shudra can do his role and Vaishyas can do his role and the Kshatriyas, they, they do their role and Brahmanas, they do their role and the women, they do their role. So although everybody have their own roles, variegated roles, but the result of such service is the same, the pleasure of Krishna. And because of that, for Krishna, there is no difference in such service. This we have to understand. The absolute nature of devotional service, the absolute nature of the Supreme Lord. And because there is no difference between his feet or his mouth, the river Ganga which is coming from his feet or the Bhagavad Gita that is coming from his mouth are both purifying. Whatever he speaks and whatever the, the Ganga that is coming, so Charanamrita and the Mukhamrita, you know, everything is same. Hmm. So everything, Mukharavinda, that's why they say Mukharavinda. So whatever comes from the Mukharavinda of the Lord, whatever comes from the Padaravinda of the Lord, same. So everything is Aravinda, everything is lotus, you know, that Nama Pankaja Nabhaya, Nama Pankaja Maline, Nama Pankaja Netraya, Namaste Pankaja Angraye, everything is lotus. You know, um, I'll show you that verse. Everything is beautiful about the Lord. That's why He's the Kalyanathamam, the most auspicious form, the most perfect form. Hmm. His form is the most perfect. The, and the, when we say perfect, it's not just the proportion and, and, the, and the symmetry and everything. No, not just that. The things that He can do with His form and the things... His activities and all his pastimes that he does, everything is so perfect. Madhuram, 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 Madhuram. You know, that is, that is the Lord. 
everything is madhuram everything is sweet so namah pankajanabhaya namah pankajamalini namah pankajanetra namaste pankajangraye kunti devi is praying like this oh my respectful obeisances are unto you o lord whose abdomen is marked with a depression like a lotus flower who are always decorated with garlands of lotus flowers whose glance is as cool as the lotus and whose feet are engraved with lotuses so in this way there is so much uh, beauty that we can't even vishesha shobham we can't even imagine the beauty of krishna hmm. so the, even the varnashram system is a perfect system and if everybody does their duty in service to the lord because actually all these varnas brahmana kshatriya vaishya shudra brahmachari vanaprastha grahastha sanya grahastha vanaprastha sanyas they are all meant to serve the lord varnashram acharavata purushena parapuman vishnuraradhyate panta nanyatattosha karanam there is no other cause for the creation of the varnashram than to uh, for the pleasure of lord narayan vishnu vishnu aradhyate panta so that is the uh, way to worship vishnu so everybody have their own yes talents they have their own um, levels of intelligence or iq eq sq whatever it is but no sq is same for everybody spiritual quotient that is accessible to everyone irrespective of one's eq and iq if one is um um what is that willing to surrender to the supreme lord is submissive that's it any one can come to him why krishna said in the bhagavad gita that 932 mam hi parthavya paashritya yepi suh papayo nayah striyo vaishyas tatha shudras tepi yanti param gatim o son of pritha those who take shelter in me though they be of low birth women vaishyas and shudras can attain the supreme destination everybody can attain so that's why we should not bicker over you know oh, how can you say less intelligent more intelligent higher lower this that you know all this division of castes and all this we have to first of all everybody cannot do everything huh? so everybody have their own different um, propensities like some people are into agriculture some people are into administration some people are into just offering menial service sincerely and some people are more scholarly they they are more you know brahmanical so in this way everybody have their thing it is not one thing is better than the other when it comes to serving the lord everything is same everything is beautiful everything is acceptable to the lord provided we serve under the guidance of a pure devotee uh, that should be there under the guidance of pure devotees again not with pride with humility again pride with pride see he is bhavagrahi janardan he is not he does not accept our service as very great because as we said even a mountain or anything is nothing even a universe is not even vasudev ghosh the most um uh, merciful devotee uh, this is actually a vaishnava he is a representation of all vaishnavas so he said that he begged chaitanya mahaprabhu vasudev ghosh was so um distressed by seeing the miseries of the conditioned soul in the universe souls in the universe he saw everybody suffering so much then he prayed to chaitanya mahaprabhu he said he was actually a contemporary of chaitanya mahaprabhu so he asked chaitanya mahaprabhu you know please i ask you one benediction chaitanya mahaprabhu so what is it no you transfer all the sinful reactions of all the souls within this universe and let me suffer for all their sins because i just can't see them suffering like this either suffering so much i can't see them suffering like this I, please give them liberation and you know make this universe empty with just me here and let me suffer for millions of aeons 
for all this. Please transfer everything to me because I can't see them suffering. So, in this way he prayed. Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu smiled and said, <laughs> Vasudev Ghosh, you know, this is a very noble thought indeed. But even if this entire universe is completely empty, it becomes empty and nobody is there. How, what difference does it make? What difference does it make? Because this universe is just like one mustard seed in a bag of millions of mustard seeds. Even if this universe is made empty and it is all the inhabitants are liberated, still there are millions of... It doesn't make almost any difference. So therefore, you know, although Krishna says, one who preaches my message is the most dearest to me. But Vasudeva Ghosh set example that he wanted to deliver the entire universe. So, but the Lord said, what is the difference even if the entire universe is gone? So, please don't be worried like this. You just be happy in your devotional service. Um, so, he, he consoled Vasudeva Ghosh like that. And he appreciated his Vaishnava quality that he wants to deliver others. <clears throat> so, Vasudeva Ghosh was so powerful that he can deliver the entire universe. All the inhabitants, all the trillions and gazillions of souls here. Even then, actually, if you take by mathematics, it doesn't make any difference to the Lord. Although Krishna says that a preacher is the most dear to me. But a preacher who can deliver the, all the souls of this universe, still it is no big deal for the Lord. Actually. So, just by preaching to one, two people, if you think we are a great soul, oh, I have preached, I have made him devotee, I have made, you know, 10 devotees or 100 devotees or 1000 devotees. For the Lord, it's nothing. Even if the whole universe is gone, everybody is liberated, still there are millions of, it doesn't make a difference to the Lord. It's not a very great service for the Lord. But this Lord is so kind that he takes, like, let's see that verse. Where is that verse? I think it's, there is this nice verse actually. I'll take out that verse. Yes, this is um, actually taken from Bhaktira Samrita Sindhu, composed by Srila Rupa Goswami. It is also to be found in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Antya Leela, Chapter 1, Text 108. Bhrityasya Pashyati Guru Napinaparadhan Sevam Managapikritam Bahudhabhyupaiti Avishkaroti Pishuneshva Pinabhyasuyam Shilena Nirmalamatihi Purushottamoyam. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is known as Purushottama, the greatest of all persons, has a pure mind. He is so gentle that even if his servant is implicated in a great offense, he does not take it very seriously. Indeed, if his servant renders some small service, the Lord accepts it as very being very great. Even if an envious person blasphemes the Lord, the Lord never manifests anger against him. Such are his great qualities. So, this is the Supreme Lord. So, He accepts our service as very great and He glorifies his, the preachers. But actually, even if one manages to preach to the entire universe and delivers the entire universe, like Vasudev Ghosh, still, mathematically, it's no big deal for the Lord because there are millions of other universes like that. So, that's why we should always know that no matter how much we serve the Lord, it is never adequate. So, it's never about adequacy, it's about doing our best for the pleasure of the Lord. And when we do our 100 or our 1000% to the Lord, that's what the Lord wants to see. Taking all risks, taking all troubles, if you want to serve Him, just like Prabhupada. He took risk and He went 
you know and two heart attacks on the ship when he had nobody to call his own he had nobody that you know to call his own he has nobody there he is all left alone and there's no doctors nothing so and he was old and so much risk and he when he went there he was just going with a one month visa to united states and he wanted to start this worldwide movement nothing nothing is visible you know just like when there is a fog you can't see what is what is in front of you just 10 meters from you beyond that you cannot see what is there so like that materially speaking only that much could be seen that okay if you calculate materially if you want to be a logician and you know, through logic you want to see what prabhupad would have achieved if you were there at prabhupad's time and he was going to america and you said all right you know he was like going to be 70 years old and um, well he has a one month visa okay see you in a month right or maybe i'll never see you again that's what the sumari sumati morarji was telling him you are old man and it's so cold for you you will die you know and you have nobody there and what are you going to do what are you going to do how are you going to survive so nothing there was absolute hopelessness in the face of absolute seemingly absolute hopelessness he went for the pleasure of his spiritual master for the pleasure of the supreme lord he went and what came out of that is the greatest blessing of kaliyuga the greatest blessing of kaliyuga and that is what krishna wants to see are we prepared to give our 1000% not just our 100% 100% is what we can see 10 meters into the distance beyond that we can't see we can't so are we prepared to take the leap uh, having complete faith in the lord and serve him that's what he wants to see 100% means until what you can see that's not really he wants to see 1000% from us and when he sees that yes taking all risks taking everything our real very best that bhava is what he wants to see and that will what will satisfy him in fact when jatayu you know the vulture he saw sita being kidnapped by ravan and she um, she was crying and then jatayu went to fight with ravan and in the in the fight jatayu lost his wing and he fell to the ground and then in the when ram and lakshman they were searching and if on the in their way they they met jatayu and jatayu said i am a failure i am a failure i have failed to serve you no whoever gives his life for me he is never a failure so even though we may sometimes you know prabhupada even said like this in one of the purports or was it a lecture or a letter something like that so he said sometimes it may be seen that even a great preacher may die while preaching or you know taking risks for the lord but even that is never a loss or that is never a failure because dying on the battlefield for a kshatriya for example if he dies on the battlefield is the most glorious death so prabhupada said dying in vrindavan is good but i wanted to go to america and even if i died there um that would have been a most glorious death in the battlefield fighting for krishna if i die but the lord is so kind that he brought me back to vrindavan in my final days so prabhupada was you know telling like this and it's very very heart touching so 
how Krishna takes care of his devotees who takes all risks beyond their measure, beyond their even wildest imagination. That um, is very, very sweet relationship between the Lord and his devotees. And the Lord accepts it as such a great service. In fact, Krishna personally came and massaged Prabhupada's heart, you know, when he had his heart attack. Krishna, Prabhupada revealed that to his devotees. Krishna personally came and massaged his heart. I mean, what can you, I mean, what can be more sweeter on the part of the Lord than that, you know? And he made sure that Prabhupada's glory spread far and wide, not just during his lifetime, but for, for all eternity. There is no personality like him in the entire Kali Yuga, in fact. So, that's why we are so much um, pushing forward this Diksha, this uh, Ritvik initiations uh, system also, because that was Prabhupada's glory. He is the spiritual master for the next 10,000 years and nobody can take that away from him. You know? So, there is no sacrifice equal to his. That what he did is unprecedented and unimaginable. And um, he made the prediction of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu come true in this world. So, we can never repay the, the service that, you know, Srila Prabhupada had uh, rendered to us. So, that's why the most we can do, the most we can do is give our life to his preaching mission. And that's how we should, we should always think and we should act. Okay. In the Brahma Samhita, so again, so he is the complete whole and his mind, body and he himself are all one and the same. In the Brahma Samhita 5.1, there is a similar description of the Supreme Lord. He is described there as Sachidananda Vigraha, which means that he is the eternal form, fully representing transcendental existence, knowledge and bliss. As such, he does not require a separate body or mind as we do in material existence. See, he has a Satchidananda Vigraha. So, Prabhupada also explained that. Sat Chit Ananda. We have, we have explained this before. So, Sat means eternal and Chit means full of knowledge and Ananda means full of bliss. Vigraha. His form, Vigraha means form. So, his form, his body, which is non different from himself, is full of eternity, knowledge and bliss. Whereas, if you compare that with our body, it is Asat, it is not eternal. It is temporary, it is achit, it is full of ignorance and it is nirananda, there is no ananda there. It is, it is a temple of diseases, it is a, a source of all troubles. Um, this, this body is an infection on the pure spirit soul. So, it is actually a source of trouble. So, our body is not completely different, completely different from his. So, that is the meaning when it says akayam, today's verse. Sapariyaga chukram akayam. Akayam means he has no body. That means he has no body like us. He has no asat, achit and nirananda body. He has a satchit, ananda body. He is described there as satchidananda vigraha which means that he is the eternal form fully representing transcendental existence, knowledge and bliss. He is the eternal form fully representing the transcendental existence, knowledge and bliss. As such, he does not require a separate body or mind as we do in material existence. The Vedic literature clearly states that the Lord's transcendental body is completely different from ours. Thus, he is sometimes described as formless. This means that he has no form like ours and that he is devoid of a form we can conceive of. So, he is devoid of a form we can conceive of. 
So we can conceive of all material things in our material life. Um, only when we are awakened to our spiritual reality, then we can see the Lord in His pure spiritual existence. But now, we cannot. So, He has no form that we can conceive of. It means He has no form in the material world. He has completely spiritual form. But He, out of His extreme causeless mercy, He comes to this world in the form of the deity, the Archa Murti, Archa Vigraha, where He comes in a form which we can see. Um, what is that? Shaili Darumai Lauhi Lepya Lekya Chasaikati Manomai Manomai Manimai Pratimashtavidha Smrita Eight kinds of deity forms. So made of um, Lauhi, um, what is that? Shaili stone or uh, Shaili Darumai. Darumai means wooden, like Jagannath. Jagannath form is made of wood. So Darumai. And uh, lauhi means metal, um, lepia, lepia means uh, painting, is that? Lekhya means painting, let me see, okay. Saikati means sand and uh, manomai means in the mind, you know, and manimai with jewels, you know, with jewels you can also make the form of the Lord. In fact, we have one painting here. It's here actually, just beside Prabhupada. Um, it's a Krishna form painting, but it's not exactly a painting. It's a um, studded with all gems. So, it is full of jewels, but it's a Krishna form. Nice, beautiful. So, that is Manimai. But let me see that. Lepya, Lekhya. One is painting, and the other is what? 11, 27, 12. Lepya, or oh, made of clay, sandalwood and other substances laid down as paste. And Lekya means painted. So, yeah. So, Lepya means like with with clay or sandalwood and other substances laid down as a paste. So, yeah. So, Lepya, Lekya. So, sometimes Rangoli also they do. You know, so, so many ways that, you know, but all are worshipable. So, so these are all material elements though. But he, although he is pure spirit... He is manifesting before us in this way to increase our devotion. Like when we see the paintings that are in Iskon, that you know, all our Hare Krishna paintings, how beautiful they are. How I think all of you can attest to the fact. Tell me in the comments if you have seen the paintings like for very long and really appreciated the beauty of the paintings that are there. You know, all the paintings that we have are they, aren't they very beautiful? You know, have have you? Haven't you looked at those paintings and you know said that wow this is so beautiful and just gazed at them for so long? Um, so if if you have just please let me know in the comments. So this is something which you know every devotee can relate to. So although it is a material print, you know, ink, you know, that painting was of paint, but then it was reproduced in ink, and in ink Krishna's form is there. And how you know nicely it is there and everybody appreciates the beauty. There's still no comments. Have, have you enjoyed the paintings or not? <laughs> Let me know in the comments. Yeah, beautiful paintings. Yeah, as Virendra Prabhu has said, does the spiritual paintings of Krishna pastimes and spiritual Prabhupada's movement are a gateway or a glimpse to the spiritual world? So, Prabhupada said, these are the windows to the spiritual world. So, we are, when you are looking at this painting, you are actually looking at through a window 
and you're looking at the spiritual world in fact so that painting although it is like a painting it is actually a window to the spiritual world you're seeing what is outside in the spiritual world so that's how prabhupada describes the paintings so that's how um, yeah <laughs> yeah and virendra prabhu is sketching some of them yeah i saw some of his sketches beautiful <laughs> so that is that is how um, although they were material but it inspires nothing material can inspire spiritual feelings in us so there's nothing in material that can inspire spiritual feelings it has to be from the spirit hmm. so like bhagavad gita is made of paper so paper is a material thing but when we read bhagavad gita it inspires us spiritually it enlightens us so how can we get something a spiritual inspiration from something material it's impossible spirit drives matter matter does not does not drive spirit right this body is not moving the soul the soul is moving the body right so the material thing cannot move the spirit whether physically moving or moving us with inspiration nothing material can move us inspire us spiritually so how come a material book or a material ink or a color can inspire us spiritually that means they are not material how can prasadam purify our mind although they may seemingly be material ingredients like rice or wheat or something like this vegetables or something like this seemingly material in, uh, ingredients but how can the prasadam be so tasty and so purifying that one is addicted to it and <laughs> and in a good way and when we eat and our not only that our our uh, brain gets purified you know actually there's a nice description by um chaitanya mahaprabhu where the other day i was showing in the prasadam lecture um maybe if you can take that out the chapter that few verses where chaitanya mahaprabhu says how is it that the same ingredients the same salt and everything and all the vegetables but this prasadam is so tasty uncommon taste so when jagannath prasadam was brought and when he eats actually that that is whole thing is there in that in that chaitanya charitamrita and then krishna chaitanya mahaprabhu concludes that because it is tasted by krishna it is no more material it is spiritual therefore it inspires us spiritually so nothing material can inspire us spiritually but only spirit can inspire us even in, it can move even matter that's why it is said sometimes the love of rupa goswami the humility of um rupa goswami sanatan goswami was so unbearable that it could melt even stone you know that much love they had for the lord they was they were so humble um and um and that attracts that can even melt the stone in fact chaitanya mahaprabhu you will see in jagannath puri temple this thing how many of you have been to jagannath puri temple and if you look closely the form of the lord is there and then there is this garuda stambha garuda stambha and the lord was you know um with his fingers he was just looking at the lord but he you know in the love was so much that the fingers where he put the fingers there was depression the stone melted actually even now the garuda stambha you can see the depressions in the 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 marks of a finger three fingers there on the garuda stambha of jagannath puri temple jagannath temple see that so that is so he can move even matter so of course the soul can move matter now our body is moving you know because of the soul but even the love of chaitanya mahaprabhu is so um pure, i mean so purifying his his benediction that it can move even stone hmm. 
So, so he has a Sachidananda Vigraha, but of course his mercy is that he comes as even as Archa Vigraha so that we can see and be inspired by and be more and more attached to the Lord. In his deity, when we say deity, we also mean painting, we also mean, um, you know, deity in wooden form or metal form or stone form, you know, like even in our altar, uh, Radha Krishna and Gaurnitai made of marble, um, uh, Jagannath wood and Narasimhadeva made of metal. So in this way, and of course, paintings are there, in our temple, there are so many paintings and um, the paintings in the books and then the jewel painting I also told you about. And sometimes you see those sand art. I don't know if you've seen Jagannath. There is one uh, in the Facebook. I have seen this person from Orisha. So he does these sand forms of Jagannath. So that is also a worshipable form. And sometimes in Rangoli also they do. You know, I think I have shared that video with some of us, some of the devotees in our group WhatsApp. So this uh, Mataji, I don't know who she was. She made a nice Jagannath with uh, Rangoli colors. You know, she, she made a nice Jagannath face. You know, and very very beautiful. So all these are deities. When we say deity, all of them. So any, all the forms of Krishna. Of course, according to the the Shastric description, we cannot draw Krishna in, in our own way. That again, we cannot do it our own way. Uh, we should do exactly as what is given by Guru Sadhu Shastra. Then that is spiritual. Shruti Smriti Smriti Purana Adi Pancharatri Kivitimina. So it has to be in accordance with the scriptural um, descriptions and then those paintings are authorized otherwise that is idol worship that is making our own fantasy like spider-man batman these are all you know simply wild creations of a human mind so those forms don't do any good in fact they they just make us fools i don't know <clears throat> and uh, but if we if we get attached to the forms of the lord as described in the shastras as devotees saw him that is that is authorized and that is purifying all right so, as such, he does not require a separate body or mind as we do in material existence. The Vedic literature clearly states that the Lord's transcendental body is completely different from ours. Thus, he is sometimes described as formless. This means that he has no form like ours and that he is devoid of a form that we can conceive of. In the Brahma Samhita 5.32, it is further stated that with each and every part... Uh, sorry, uh, where are we? Each and every part of his body, he can do the work of the other senses. This means the, that the Lord can walk with his hands, accept things with his legs, see with his hands and feet, eat with his eyes, etc. In the Shruti Mantras, it is also said that although the Lord has no hands and legs like ours, he has a different types of he has a different type of hands and legs by which we can he can accept all that we offer him and run faster than anyone. We have we have seen that in the previous verses. Aneja Dekam Manasojaviyo. He doesn't walk, but he walks faster than the mind. All these descriptions. Um, these points are confirmed in this eighth mantra through the use of words like Shukram, omnipotent. This is called omnipotent. So, potent is one thing. Shukram means potency. Um, sometimes Shukra is also uh, referred to the semen of the man because in that there is the potency of a... because the, the, the soul takes shelter of the semen of a man and is injected into the womb of a woman and that's how the body develops but the soul is injected from the semen of the man so in that way the birth takes place so um, semen is also called shukra but also shukra means actually potency so shukram in in today's verse saparyagat shukram saparyagat shukram so 
Shukra means omni, omnipotent. In his case, in the in the Lord's case, when which is Shukram, it's omnipotency, everything. He has the potency to do everything. So Bija, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Bija. Just like the man, he injects the seed into the womb of woman. So similarly, the seed. So that is seed in one way, but the seed of a tree, that is also the potency. The potency that is there in the tree, because of which the tree comes out, the shape of the uh, leaves are different, the, the structure of the tree is different and uh, the flowers of fruits is produced is different, the taste of the fruits and flowers, everything is different. It's all because of that seed. So in that seed is the potency of the entire tree and in that tree there is the potency of another millions of fruits and each fruit with hundreds or thousands of seeds. So in that way, in one seed, there is potency of millions and trillions of trees in one seed. So this is called Shukra, omnipotence of the Lord. So that is the omnipotence. In fact, even when a father, it is called potency because through him there is expansion of the family and then there is millions and millions of people will come in the future because of that one soul that comes out of the father's semen. So in that way it is called also Shukra. But that is how did the father get that? Because Krishna put that rule, how uh, you know people should be born. So he, he made that rule. So the omnipotent Lord gave that potency to the man. And you know, in that way, not only in human society, but in every species there is this. And there is a bija. That's why Krishna says, Bija ham sarva bhutanam. Uh, that he says in the Bhagavad Gita. So in that way. He is the source of all potencies and therefore he is called omnipotent. And when he is omnipotent, he can not only invest his potency into others, like you know, each of us are given a certain amount of um, uh, powers, you know, like, like a father can beget a child and cause another soul to come into this world. That is some power given, you know, to their father. So he, he has invested every one of us with certain powers. Some of us limit, some of those powers are limited. Some of those powers are even more like the demigods. They are, have much higher powers. They can control the weather. They can control everything. So many things, sun and all that, which is beyond our control. But accordingly, as our karma allows, we are given different grades of power and potency. And whatever potency we have is just minuscule versions of the real potency of the Lord. And that's why Shukram in his case means omnipotent. Source of all potencies. And he himself does unlimited, inconceivable things with his potency. Shukram. The Lord's worshipable form, Archa Vigraha, which is installed in temples by authorized Acharyas, who have realized the Lord in terms of Mantra 7. You know, this is very important. The deity form in the temple can be installed by Acharyas, who have realized the Lord in terms of Mantra 7. That means they see everywhere. That means only a pure devotee can install the deity in the temple. So how did we install the deity in the temple then? Because we are doing under the guidance of Acharya, Srila Prabhupada. So under his guidance, under his rule, how he asked to do it, that's how we do it. That's how we are inviting the Lord. Not just we keep a stone and then we worship him. We have to invite. Therefore, if you know, uh, in 2017, three years back, we did an installation ceremony for Sri Sri Gaurnitai. So there is a sthapana, um, Murti Sthapana ceremony, the installation of the deity. Um, that means, what is installation means? That means you are inviting the Lord into this form and accept services from his devotees through this form. 
So that is the installation ceremony. So there is a request and there is so many promises made when in that in that ceremony also that we will offer you this, this, this. Uh, every day we will offer you seven offerings. You know, in this way there is all, uh, there is promise to the Lord. So these are all installation ceremonies. So if we, we are inviting the Lord into this form hmm, and his, his, because the murti is done, if you see the sculptors, they put their leg on the murti and everything. That's how the sculptors do it. So anyway, when the Lord comes here, so we are begging the Lord for forgiveness of all the contaminations that were there in the making of the murti and he is bathed in the auspicious ingredients, you know, cow urine and cow dung and milk and you know, pancha, panchagavya and panchamrita, all these auspicious articles he is worshipped with. And then there is a you know, fire sacrifice, again, full Harinam Sankirtan going on. And in that way, the Lord is invited to accept that murti form in which he accepts services from his devotees and thus to purify us. So that is the installation ceremony, that's the prayer to the Lord. Please, please come and accept this form and accept our services through this form. So that's how only a pure devotee can actually invite the Lord. Just like Advaita Acharya, he invited Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came. So the Lord will not come upon anyone's invitation. Just like Hiranyakashipu. He said, eh, where is your God? Show me, show me, show me. He did not answer his. So Prahlad said, yes, he is there. Uh, the Lord accepted. Prahlad's invitation. Oh, you have invited me. I will come in this pillar. And that's how Narasimhadev came. So he only answers his devotee's calls. And if a devotee curses him, then he will accept the devotee's curses also. But the non-devotee curses him or invites him, he will not come. So that is the difference between non-devotee and devotee dealings. He deals only affectionately with devotees. So only a pure devotee, that too. We are also not classified as devotees actually. Technically speaking, you know, we are what we are doing. 16 round minimum we are chanting because Prabhupada asks us to chant. We can't chant 64 rounds. We can't chant all the time. We don't have... Yes, we are trying by the mercy of Prabhupada, that too. We are trying, but we don't have... We don't, there's no standing, you know. We, we have no, you know, like that verse, you know, this is, which has become my favorite verse now, actually. So, this, this is our actual position because, let's see. Until yesterday, we were, you know, complete atheists and non devotees, and now only we are trying to become some devotee. And suddenly, how can we think we are so pure devotee that Lord has to accept our invitation and He will come? The Lord comes because of the mercy of the pure devotee. That's why even though the form of the Lord is there, one cannot worship Him adequately at all uh, unless one is guided by pure devotee. Napre mashravanadi bhakti rapiva yogothava vaishnavo jnanam vashubhakarma vaki adaho sajjati rapyastiva hinarthadhika sadhaketva itatha pyachedyamulasati he gopi janavalla bhavyatayate hahamadashaivamam 23.29 Madhilila Chaitanya Charitamrita Oh my Lord, I do not have any love for you, nor am I qualified for discharging devotional service by chanting and hearing, nor do I possess the mystic power of a Vaishnava, knowledge or pious activities, nor do I belong to a very high caste family. On the whole, I do not possess anything. Still, O beloved of the gopis, because you bestow your mercy on the most fallen, I have an unbreakable hope that is constantly in my heart. That hope is always giving me pain. So, this is what how we should look at things. So, we are not qualified, but by Srila Prabhupada, just like we offer every day food to Krishna. How will Krishna accept from us? That's why we are always chanting Prabhupada's Pranam Mantra, Pranati Mantra. Because 
Prabhupada will offer the food to Krishna because a pure devotee only can actually offer anything to Krishna. Uh, we cannot really offer. Through him we can offer. Why there is tulasi leaf on every item? We, it is just acceptance that Krishna, whatever I cook is nothing for you because Radharani is cooking. And you know how Radharani cooks? She cooks so much variety for Krishna that she does not cook the same thing twice. Every time newer and newer and newer and newer things. You can't just imagine how Radharani cooks. So that's why Prabhupada said kitchen of the temple is the property of Radharani. So she is the best cook. And when she cooks, Krishna just leaves everything and eats her food. And she cooks such variety of things that nobody can even imagine. Compared with that, what will he will accept from us? You know. But when the tulisi leaf is there, it is like the Lord cannot refuse now. So he is like tulisi leaf is there, and then also offered through the devotee, pure devotee, Acharya. That's it. The Lord cannot say no anymore now. That's it. So that's why he accepts. So and that's how we can be blessed with prasadam. So the Lord's worshipable form, Archavigraha, which is installed in temples by authorized Acharyas who have realized the Lord in terms of Mantra 7, is non-different from the original form of the Lord. So the temple forms are non-different from the original form of the Lord. The Lord's original form is that of Sri Krishna and Sri Krishna expands himself into an unlimited number of forms, Anantarupam, Advaitam Achyutam Anadim Anantarupam. Uh, such as Baladev, Rama, Narsimha and Varaha. All of these forms are one and the same personality of Godhead. Similarly, the Archavigraha worshipped in temples is also an expanded form of the Lord. There is also an avatar, Archavatar. It is also an avatar of the Lord. Um, by worshipping the Archavigraha, one can at once approach the Lord who accepts the service of a devotee by his omnipotent energy. The Archavigraha of the Lord descends at the request of the Acharyas. Just like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu descended at the request of Advaita Acharya. So the Archa Vigraha of the Lord also descends at the request of the Acharyas. That means a pure devotee in terms of Ishopanishad verses 6 and 7. Those who can see the Lord everywhere, that is only Uttama Adhikari. So Uttama Adhikari can call the Lord. Hmm. So the Archa Vigraha of the Lord descends at the request of the Acharyas, the holy teachers and works exactly in the original way of the Lord by virtue of the Lord's omnipotence. So, the form of the deity, he works exactly as the Supreme Lord would do. But you may say, how come he is not moving? As long as we are stone, he will not move. So, ye um, So when the Sakshi Gopal, you know, the Lord from Vrindavan all the way he walked, the deity walked to, to Ramuna, you know, in, in Odisha. From Uttar Pradesh to Odisha, 2000 kilometers he walked. Sakshi Gopal, Gopal deity from Vrindavan, he came. So the Lord can talk, the Lord can walk, but one has to be a pure devotee in order to do these things with the Lord. He will not reciprocate. Naham Prakasha Sarvasya. I will not manifest myself to everyone. But still, still, although the neophyte devotee, especially we are all neophytes, so we to to bless us, he accepts the stone form or the metal form or whatever these forms of deities, and then he accepts our services. Mm. Still. 
we get the benefit by because the Lord has come there upon the invitation of the Acharya Prabhupada and he accepts our services under the guidance of Prabhupada. Just like, uh, you know, let's go to somewhere and come back. We have seen this verse many times, we will again see. So, 10 to 31. Swayam samuttirya sudustaram dhiman bhavarnavam bhima madabhra sauhridaha bhavatpadam bho ruhanavamatrite nidhaya yataha sadhanugraho bhavan. O Lord, who resembles the shining sun, you are always ready to fulfill the desire of your devotee and therefore you are known as the desire tree Vancha Kalpataru. When Acharyas completely take shelter under your lotus feet in order to cross the fierce ocean of nations, they leave behind on earth the method by which they cross and because you are very merciful to your other devotees. Who are the other devotees? Who take shelter of this devotee who has actually crossed the ocean of material existence. That means his disciples like Prabhupada, he has already crossed, actually he is coming from there. So, he has left behind here in this earth a method by which we can cross. And because you are merciful to other devotees, you accept this method to help them. So therefore, we are, although we are not fully realized in the, in the understanding of uh, no, Krishna, he is still accepting our services because Prabhupada has left this method of deity worship. That is how we have to understand and never take any pride. See, I have dressed like this or I have dressed like that. I have cooked this or cooked that. It's all good. But the Lord is only accepting because of the mercy of the Acharya, because of the mercy of Tulusi, whose leaves we are putting on the on top, and in that way He is accepting, and not because of our real qualification. Until yesterday we have been rascals. Today I am a big devotee. That's how I have to think. It's because of the pure devotees that I am able to advance something, and I can have prasadam, and I can be advancing. So in that humble mood, if we ac- if we offer, the Lord will accept. So, um, works exactly that. So the deity works exactly in the original way of the Lord by virtue of the Lord's omnipotence. Foolish people who have no knowledge, no knowledge of Sri Ishopanishad or any of the other Shruti mantras consider the archavigraha, which is worshipped by pure devotees, to be made of material elements. This form may be seen as material by the imperfect eyes of foolish people or kanishta adhikaris, but such people do not know that the Lord, being omnipotent and omniscient, can transform matter into spirit and spirit into matter as he desires. Omnipotent means he can he can manipulate his potencies. Parasya shaktir vividhaiva shruyate. Just like the paper, he, he changed it into a spiritually inspiring book, the Bhagavad Gita. It is an ordinary paper. It is an ordinary paper, but by the touch of the Lord's words on the paper, it has become spiritually. He had, he had transformed it into spiritual existence. That book is now spiritual. That's why we you know, even in the Sikh religion, Guru Granth Sahib, you know, Granth Sahib. So, the book of the Lord, the words of the Lord are non-different from the Lord. Uh, it becomes as spiritual as the Lord, although made of material elements. The holy name, although vibrated by material alphabets, is spiritual because it's given by the Lord. And especially so because it is chanted in the parampara system. Ye mantras, uh, what is that? Sampradaya vihinaye mantraste nishphala mataha. Especially when the mantra comes from the Sampradaya, it is very potent. If the same mantra comes without Sampradaya, not potent. So, even the mantra, if it is received from proper Guru, yes, then it becomes potent. So, in this way, um, through the mercy of pure devotees, we are having access to the Lord in these various ways, in the form of His holy name, 
in the form of the deity, in the form of service. Service to Krishna is the greatest access. Anybody can serve the Lord from anywhere in any condition of life. Um, so, in various ways, um, we are getting to access the Lord by hearing. Just by our ears, we are receiving the Lord. Um, by chanting, we are receiving the Lord. By taking prasadam, we are receiving the Lord. Everything we are managing, we are we are allowed, we are given the access to the Lords with all our senses, even though our senses are material. Uh, but we have to understand that they are not material. All the prasadam or deity, they are not material. The Bhagavad Gita book, it is not material. Although it may appear material, it is spiritualized. So, Krishna can turn material into matter into spirit, spirit into matter. It's like, for example, Ahalya. She was a spirit, but she turned into stone. But then by the touch of the Lord, again, that stone became a woman. So, he can change matter into spirit, spirit into matter as he likes. The same Maya will act as Yoga Maya for the devotee. Like when a person loses his business, he goes into depression and he goes to take a you know, beer or many bottles of beer. But Prabhupada's business was lost and he, wah, Krishna, you have taken my last attachment. In this way, he became very happy. He made Prabhupada surrender even more. Of course, he is already pure devotee. But you see how the situation is shown there. So, is Yoga Maya. Is bringing him even more nearer to Krishna. But the same incident, if it happens to a materialist, he will go into more and more, you know, what is it, Tamogun. More and more far away from the Lord. So, Maya, Mahamaya will take the person far away from Krishna. Yoga Maya will take the person nearer to Krishna. So, the same incident for a non-devotee, Maya, material energy works in that way, taking him away from the Lord. And um, for the devotee, Yoga Maya. The same Maya becomes Yoga Maya for him. And in this way, the energy is manipulated by the Lord and uh, different people experience differently. Therefore, for the pure devotee, he doesn't mind staying in this material world if that's what the Lord wants of him. He just wants service to Krishna. Because for him, there is no material world. There is no existence of the material world for the pure devotee. Hmm. He doesn't say, that's why Vishwam Purna Sukhayate. He is completely happy even in this material world. His only distress is Paradukha Dukhi. He is a Paradukha Dukhi. He is always um, uh, unhappy to see others unhappy. There is a nice song by uh, Narsi Mehta, a great devotee of Krishna. Uh, in that also, he, I think that was very uh, popular with Gandhi also. Um, what is that? Uh, recently, I came across a song, very beautiful song. So, in that, uh, he also mentions this point. The Vaishnava is always, um, you know, paradukha uh, dukhi. He is always unhappy for others' unhappiness. But personally, he is completely happy. He doesn't mind staying in this material world. Because he doesn't even know whether he is dying or whether he is, you know, we have shown that verse before, right? Even the greatest misery that we even can face, death, for him it is nothing. Eleven dot thirteen dot thirty six Bhagavatam. Deham Janashwaram Avasthitamuthitamva Siddho Napashati Yato Dhyagamatsvarupam Daiva Dapeta Matadaiva Vashadu Petam Vaso Yatha Parikritam Madhira Madandha. Just as a drunken man does not notice, ah yes, Vaishnava Janato. Yes, that is the song. Thank you, Virendra Prabhu. Um, so that is the song, Vaishnava Janato. 
So that song is by Narsi Mehta, very beautiful song, and in that also is mentioned. So that Vaishnava is always Paradukha Dukhi. <coughs> yes, speed parai jan janere. Yes, that is the line in Gujarati. So it's a very beautiful song. And um, uh, so in this verse, just as a drunken man does not notice if he is wearing his coat or shirt. See, drunken man, he does not know whether he is wearing any dress or not, or whether he is naked. He doesn't know. Just like the Nalakovar and Manigriva, they were naked completely with women. And, and Naradamuni passed by, they did not even notice. Ah, this, you know. And then Naradamuni completely cursed them. Oh, you used to want to stand naked, you have no decency, rascals. You know, Sadhu is passing by, still you have no decency to stand with the clothes on. Now go, stand as trees naked, thousands of years. So they became Yamalajana trees. So, um, so, just as a drunken man does not notice if he is wearing his coat or shirt, similarly, one who is perfect in self-realization and who has thus achieved his eternal identity does not notice whether the temporary body is sitting or standing. Indeed, if by God's will the body is finished or if by God's will he obtains a new body, a self-realized soul does not notice. Just as a drunken man does not notice the situation of his outward dress. So, the pure devotee, he... It doesn't matter whether he is in the material world because the miseries are superfluous to him. So, just as when Prabhupada was, you know, seemingly very sick and very, you know, he had only bones, that's it. But still his mind or intelligence was so sharp, so sharp. He was translating Bhagavatam. You know, usually you can't do any service. Ah, leave me alone for two days, you know. I'm having fever. Ah, leave me alone. You know, that's, <laughs> that's how we are. we are. But Prabhupada, you know, he was on this, you know, so-called deathbed, but he was translating Bhagavatam, you know. And he did not say, why, why your disciples, why you are asking me to translate, you know. In fact, they were trying to see whether, you know, he, they can relieve him of the service of translate. At least maybe for some time he can be having some rest. No, Prabhupada wanted to translate. No, where is, bring that, bring that recorder, bring the, bring the Bhagavatam. And, you know, everybody was holding the recorder, one person and one person reading from the book. And then Prabhupada giving his commentary, everything, while lying down on the bed. That much he was so clear. You know, you know some of his disciples actually, um, I mean, what kind of disciples, I don't know. But, you know, they said, Prabhupada became senile when he was old. See how offensive their statement was. This is one of the guru gurus in this con. He said like this, that, you know, Prabhupada became senile. So, he sometimes, you know, he did not know what he was saying exactly. How can you say like this about a spiritual master? You know, he is so absorbed in Krishna and at the until the very last moment, he com- showed complete um, presence of mind and, you know, um, even nine days before he left, he changed his will to add some more points. So, he was in pure consciousness and complete um, consciousness. Although his body was gone, it's gone. It was, his body was completely taken away from him. But he was so fixed in his Krishna consciousness. Never, nothing shake, shake, nothing could shake him as Krishna consciousness. So that is spiritual existence. So even if he does not, you know, obtains a new body, you know, he does not notice. That's why he doesn't mind material existence. That's why pure devotees, they pray, Mama Janmani Janmani Ishwari. No, doesn't matter. No, doesn't matter. No, doesn't matter. If you want me to remain here, if that's what you want, but I want your service. Without that, that will become hell for me. You know, so that service we want. That's how the pure devotee prays. 
So the form may be seen as material by the imperfect eyes of foolish people or Kanishtadhikaris, but such people or uh, sorry, but such people do not know that the Lord, being omnipotent and omniscient, can transform matter into spirit and spirit into matter as He desires. In the Bhagavad Gita 9.11 and 12, the Lord regards or sorry regrets the fallen condition of men with little knowledge who deride Him because He descends like a man into this world. You know the verses? Let's go to those verses. 9.11. Very easy to remember the number of this verse because 9.11. Avajananti maam mudha manushim tanumashritam param bhavam ajananto mama bhuta maheshwaram Fools deride me when I descend in the human form. They do not know my transcendental nature and my supreme lord of all that be. So, Next verse. Moghasha Mogha Karmano Mogha Jnana Vichetasaha Rakshasema Shurim Chaiva Prakritim Mohinim Shritaha. Those who are thus bewildered are attracted by demoniac and atheistic views. In that deluded condition, their hopes for liberation, their fruitive activities, and their culture of knowledge are all defeated. Whereas just the opposite is the next verse. Mahatmanas Tumampartha Daivim Prakriti Mashritaha Bhajantyananya Manaso Gnatva Bhuta Dimavyayam O son of Pritha, those who are not deluded, the great souls, are under the protection of the divine nature. They are fully engaged in devotional service because they know me as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, original and inexhaustible. Satatam Kirta Yantomam Yatantascha Dridhavrataha Namasyantascha Mam Bhaktya Nitya Yukta Upasate Always chanting my glories, endeavouring with great determination, bowing down before me, these great souls perpetually worship me with devotion. So this is devotees and those are non-devotees. So in the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord regrets the fallen condition of men with little knowledge who deride him because he descends like a man into this world. So when he comes and takes on a seemingly human body, they think he is an ordinary human being and deride him. Such poorly informed persons do not know the omnipotence of the Lord. Thus, the Lord does not manifest himself in full to the mental speculators. He can be appreciated only in proportion to one's surrender to him. This is called Yeyathamam Prapadyante Tamstathaiva Bhajamyaham 4.11 As all surrender unto me, I reward them accordingly. Everyone follows my path in all respects, O son of Pritha. What does that mean? So even though we want to be out of the law, we can't really be. We will be under the most stringent law of this material world. Like the so-called outlaw who goes under the criminal law. From the civil law, he, he, he plunges into the criminal law. So that control is even harder and even more painful than in civil law. Civil law, you know, there is... At least freedom. There, there is no freedom. In both cases, he is under the control of the government. So, similarly, our independence, the independence that we have is not to be independent of Krishna. We cannot be at all independent of Krishna. But we can be, we can choose to be under either the Yogamaya or Mahamaya of Krishna. So, if you are under the spiritual nature, Antaranga Shakti or Yogamaya, then we will be protected and we will be in the spiritual world. If not, then if we choose to go against him, misuse of our independence, then we will be under the criminal law, which is Mahamaya.
but under both ways we are under the control of krishna we are all dancing to his tunes either we are dancing on the hot plate or we are dancing to the beautiful sound of krishna's flute like in the spiritual world everybody dances to krishna's flute here also but that flute sound is quite pain quite painful here <laughs> because here it's that hot plate that we have discussed yesterday you know if you are dancing on a hot plate then you know that is also a dance that's also a dance but that's painful dance not pleasurable dance raslila is pleasurable dance and another verse is there uh, in the brahma samhita i think 71st verse no 61st verse yeah धर्मान्यान परित्यज्य मामे कंभज विश्वसन यादृशी यादृशी श्रद्धा सिद्धिर्भवति तादृशी फर्स्ट देन नेक्स्ट वर्स गोस कुर्वन निरंतरम कर्म लोको यमनुवर्तते तेनैव कर्मणाध्यायन माम पराम भक्तिमिच्छति अबैंडनिंग ऑल मेरिटोरियस परफॉर्मेंसेस सर्व मी विद फेथ द रियलाइज द रियलाइजेशन विल कोरेस्पोंड टू द नेचर ऑफ वन्स फेथ सो यादृशी यादृशी श्रद्धा सिद्धिर्भवती तादृशी सो आवर परफेक्शन आवर सिद्धि विल बी अकॉर्डिंग टू आवर श्रद्धा इन द प्रोसेस और आवर फेथ फेथ श्रद्धा मीन्स फेथ राइट ही कैन बी एप्रिशिएटेड ओनली इन प्रपोर्शन टू वन सरेंडर टू हिम द फॉलोन कंडीशन ऑफ द लिविंग एंटिटीज इज ड्यू एंटायरली टू फॉरगेटफुलनेस ऑफ द रिलेशनशिप विद गॉड in this mantra as well as in many other vedic mantras it is clearly stated that the lord has been supplying goods to the living entities from time immemorial this is the logistics of the lord yatha tatyato arthan vedada chaswati bhya samabhya so the logistics of the lord is so perfect he has been supplying our goods whatever we want to enjoy he has been supplying us eko bahunam yo vidhati kaman that is svetashvata upanishad कठोपनिषद सो आई थिंक ऑल्सो श्वेतापनिषद सो नित्यो नित्याना चेतनश्चेतनाको बहुना विदधाति कामान सो देर ऑल्सो इट इज सेम थिंग इज सेट दट ही इज मेन्टेनिंग एव्री वन एल्स एंड प्रोवाइडिंग दम वॉट एवर नेसेसिटीज और गुड्स दे नीड फॉर देर सस्टेनेंस लाइट एयर एव्रीथिंग एव्रीथिंग आवर बॉडी आवर माइंड आवर इंटेलिजेंस एव्रीथिंग probably yeah a living being desires something and the lord supplies the object of that desire in proportion to one's qualification not that he he will give whatever we ask according to we he fulfills our desires according to what we deserve so not just our desire out everybody's desires are sky high but we only get what we deserve but still according to the desire so if suppose like an example i'll give you if one wants to enjoy with beautiful woman but then on the other hand he is eating anything and everything you know so next life he will get to enjoy beautiful females and also he will be allowed to eat anything and everything until the point to the point of stool also in the body of a pig so a pig has many females so beauty is in the eye of the beholder so for the pig the female pig is very beautiful although i mean <laughs> it's not beautiful but 
you know a female pig is very beautiful for the for the male pig so for him that is a beautiful woman so he gets what he wanted but then according to what he deserves because he was eating stool i mean anything and everything so he will get a body like that suitably so our our desires are fulfilled according to what we deserve just like if you want a shirt that's a desire but you can only buy a shirt according to your financial capability financial capacity um so you can fulfill your desire according to what you have i mean according to what you can afford so similarly um so there are different shirts $5000 shirt shirt or $5 shirt so similarly so just as the money is the currency um what we can afford but here the karma is the currency so according to our karma we can afford only a, if i can afford only a pig's body then i have to fulfill my desires in in that in that status so um, a living being desires something and the lord supplies the object of that desire in proportion to one's qualification if a man wants to be a high court judge he must acquire not only the necessary qualifications but also the consent of the authority who can award the title of high court judge the qualifications in themselves are insufficient for one to occupy the post it must be awarded by some superior authority yes this is another thing karma mimamsa philosophy if you know shardarshan there are six types of philosophies in that are uh, different munis have come up with their own philosophies different sages so the karma mimamsa philosophy i think it's by jaimini rishi if i'm not wrong yeah so karma mimamsa philosophy means they their philosophy is that as you act the lord is duty bound to give you a, a body accordingly so you don't need to worship him you just do good in this world so if you do pious activities he is bound to give you a good body and if you do sinfully he is bound to do so he is just it mainly depends depends on our work not depends on him he is just he is just obliged by our work so if i so our work is what the real mover of things not his sanction or something he is just he has to give us if we do good work he has to give us a good body so that's how the karma mimam so that's why they they are a sort of atheism karma mimam so, so the karma is the main thing so your good and bad deeds are the real deal so there is your therefore they say uh, man is the architect of his own destiny to an extent only but they think that is all in all and the lord is just a, a supplier you know so it's not exactly like that sanction also has to be there qualification is there and sanction of the super soul without his sanction we cannot have anything hmm. and this is also actually a very good thing for our ritvik philosophy now for our ritvik system sometimes they say oh uh, so you mean to say there is no pure devo- pure devotees and a proper cannot make him as even a single pure devotee the question is not about the qualification of pure devotee but also the authorization of prabhupa even if there are millions of pure devotees that doesn't negate the system set up by prabhupa the ritvik system where the authorization also has to be there the qualifications in themselves are insufficient for one to occupy the post it must be awarded by some superior authority so he has to be authorized by his guru the qualifications themselves are not any post even brahma's post or even any demigod's post they get those posts by the mercy what is that 
यस्वेन्द्रगोपमथवेन्द्रमहोस्वकर्म बंधाजनमातनोति कर्माणि निर्दहति किन्तु च भक्ति भाजाम गोविंदमादिपुरुषम तमहं भजामि सो द इवन द इंद्र हैज बीन गिवन हिज पोजीशन बाय द ऑर्डर ऑफ गोविंद ही अवार्ड्स सो द सैंक्शन ऑफ द सुप्रीम लॉर्ड हैज टू बी देयर फॉर वन टू ऑक्युपाई द पोस्ट क्वालिफिकेशन बाय इटसेल्फ इज नॉट नेसेसरी प्रोपर गिवन अदर एग्जांपल लाइक व्हाट वाज दैट द इलेक्ट्रिक बल्ब i think was done by benjamin franklin i don't know who 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 invented the electric bulb please put in the comments i'm very bad at this um so actually prabhupad said there was a dr bos an indian who was the actual one who um edison yeah thomas edison thank you prithviraj prabhu so thomas edison so thomas edison happened to be the inventor of the light bulb but actually prabhupada said the thomas edison was not the real one dr bose was um an indian scientist with him he was the one who actually found it but then thomas edison quickly took that thing and presented it to the you know to the scientific community and then he became known as the inventor of the uh, bulb so although the qualification was there from dr bose but then the the credit went to thomas edison and now even today everybody knows thomas edison as the inventor of the light bulb so qualification and sanction for some reason dr bose was qualified but for another reason thomas edison was given the credit he was given that post of inventor of a light bulb so the sanction of the supreme lord so they say hard work is the key to success no but if the sanction of the lord is not there even if we work hard nothing will happen so the sanction of the lord is the prime mover of things it's not simply our karma alone our activity hmm. so um the past karma okay just to end the point the past karma of thom i mean of dr bose gave him the good intelligence to find the electric bulb to invent that but some past karma of thomas edison brought him that fame of the to be known as the inventor of the light bulb so in that way different karmas are acting differently so the actions don't necessarily um uh what do you say effect the result there is much going on that doesn't meet the eye there is more to it than meets the eye so that is the sanction of the supreme lord who is invin- invisible to everyone he is working all these things different karmas of different living beings how they are coming to manifest and how everybody is enjoying or suffering according to their past activities this is to be understood the the hand behind everything all these things the how the supreme lord is governing all these things um sometimes it it appears that you know it's it's injustice that the person who did it did not get the credit <laughs> actually i think somebody shared with me a video i think there was one talent show there was one man who was put into prison for 37 years and he just came out last year for a crime he never committed in 1983 when he was 22 years old 
he was walking on the street and police cars just came in front of him police is all you know two three cars and then the police all came out handcuffed him put him in jail and he was in the jail for 37 years and for a crime apparently that he was he he uh, raped a woman um, quite badly so i mean any rape is bad <laughs> so he for rape he was sent to prison for 37 years but he was completely innocent he tried to plead himself you know no i i i never did anything i don't even know what you're talking about but because you know why he was caught because random photographs were shown to that woman i don't know when a man comes and does everything and all these things sometimes memory is not so good so the man or the woman so three different or i think many different uh, random photographs were shown of who can be the probable you know criminal and she always pointed to this man three times more than three times so in everything she she pointed to she saw everybody and when she saw this face she pointed that and again another you know uh, okay yeah again the same person so because he was pointed at and that's how in 1983 he was um problematic identification so imperfect senses of that lady she did not know who he was so this man was convicted of i mean he, he was put in the put behind bars and was put in the most worst jail you know i think some jail is there whatever so 37 years but there was this innocence project some uh, um organization who they work for these things that you know there are yes criminals are sent to jail but then there are people who are innocent uh, who are punished for no reason they are also put in jail and we need to get them out so actually they worked and then they finally got the fingerprints or some i don't know how i mean of course they will store the fingerprints but because of ai technology they have actually mapped those fingerprints to a another person who was a serial rapist in 2019 they realized that 37 years later and he was released 36 years later and for 36 years this man was in the prison for no fault of his apparently but how come he was how how is this injustice happening he must be suffering from some punishment of his previous life for which he had to be put in prison and in this life he is put so we can't really understand things you know just from our imperfect vision i was actually having a chat with another um, lady so we were talking about this um, topic of rape so how karma acts and how these persons who you know do this rape they will be punished and especially that i think that nirbhaya case that um, that delhi gang rape case so um, they were hanged to death you know so It, this this conversation happened before they were hanged to death but then um they will definitely get their dues I, i was telling that so whoever rapes they will have to go through um the same pain that they have caused to others and she being a woman of course so she was against you know any any sane man or woman they will be against rape you know that's I mean, a very terrible thing to do but <clears throat> so she was especially being a woman she was yes yes he, he definitely definitely deserves it he should also suffer the same pain as that woman who went through but then i asked her this question okay now you consider why did the woman go through that what did she do i mean it's very controversial people don't like these things 
I mean, because people don't understand the whole law of karma. And duly they were punished. Those people definitely deserved what they got. Or even they may even deserve more than what they got. Maybe they will go to hell and even suffer more. You know, Krishna's laws will take care of that. But then, why did that woman go through that? If So, these people who did that to her will have to save, uh, face the same pain, right? That means if that lady has faced that pain, she must have done that before in the previous life. So, you see how complicated it gets, the law of karma and how the Lord awards, punishments or rewards and sometimes they seem like injustice but actually there is no such thing as injustice there is justice but it doesn't it, it doesn't mean that a rapist can go scots free see this is how the Lord arranges somebody had to be killed somebody wants to kill so he put them together and both will you know, this person will get his fruit of his reaction and this person will sow the seed of his sin. And this person is uh, experiencing the fruit of that sowing of the sin. As you sow, so shall you reap. So, as a person is experiencing the fruit of the seed that he has sown, another person is sowing his seed now. So, in this way, he arranges who to do what. It's not that this person, because this person deserved to get this, so this person by doing this, he, he, is, he is absolved of the sin. No, he is going to get so, the Lord does not personally come and kill that person. But he arranges all these different, different karmas. Now, how complicated the arrangement is. You see, if you, if you start to think about it, it's impossible to arrange this. By any, even Brahma or Shiva, nobody can arrange these things. It is how the Lord is arranging all this karma, how Yamaraj, you know, is put into this, you know, um, system where he has to, you know, award different punishments. All these things, the karma. Karmana daivanetrena, janturde hopapattaye how they, in which family they take birth, in which association they go and all these things are so minutely, you know, they are arranged by the Lord. So, just, just try to understand how the Lord's actions are. So, the qualifications in themselves are insufficient for one to occupy the post. It must be awarded by some superior authority. Similarly, the Lord awards enjoyment to living entities in proportion to their qualifications, but good qualifications in themselves are not sufficient to enable one to receive awards. The mercy of the Lord is also required. So, we have understood that. Now, ordinarily, the living being does not know what to ask from the Lord, nor which post to seek. When the living being comes to know his constitutional position, however, he asks to be, accept he asks to be accepted into the transcendental association of the Lord in order to render transcendental loving service unto him. So, this is exemplified by Dhruva Maharaj. This class is going to go long, huh? I think we Sthana Abhilashi Tapasisthito Ham Sthana Abhilashi Tapasisthito Ham Tvam Praptavan Deva Munindra Guhyam Kacham Vichinvan Apidivya Ratnam Swamin Kritarthosmi Varam Nayache when he was being blessed by the Supreme Lord. So, Dhruva Maharaj in the beginning, he did not know what to ask, what post to ask. He wanted to have the post of greater than Brahma. So, when we do not know our constitutional position, then we ask the Lord of so many things which are actually very foolish. So, he said, Dhruva Maharaj said, Oh my Lord, because I was seeking an opulent position, 
I was performing severe types of penances, penance and austerity. Now I have gotten you who are very difficult for the great demigods, saintly persons and kings to attain. I was searching after a piece of glass but instead I have found a most valuable jewel. Therefore, I am so satisfied that I do not wish to ask any benediction from you. So, you see how ordinarily the, ordinarily the living being does not know what to ask from the Lord nor which post to seek just like Dhruva Maharaj. When the living being uh, sorry, comes to know his constitutional position, however, he asks to be accepted into the transcendental association of the Lord in order to render transcendental loving service unto him. Unfortunately, the living beings under the influence of material nature ask for many other things and they are described in the Bhagavad Gita 2.41 as having divided or splayed intelligence. They are not focused. They want this and that, this and that. So many things they want. For those who are irresolute in devotional service, they have so many desires that they want to fulfill in this material world. So they don't know what to ask the Lord, what not to ask. So that is the nature of materialists. Spiritual intelligence is one, but mundane intelligence is diverse. Spiritual intelligence means I just want to serve Krishna. That is a single most desire. Single desire. Anya bhilashita sunyam. Anya bhilashita sunyam. All other desires are zero. Jnana karmadi anavritam. Anukulyana krishnanushilanam bhakti ruttama. Just want to favorably serve Krishna. That is bhakti. Every other desire, sunyam. Zero. In Srimad Bhagavatam. So this is spiritual intelligence. One is ekeha kurunandanam. Vyavasayatmika buddhir ekeha kurun eka means one single pointed attention the Lord only <coughs> transcendental loving service to the Lord in Srimad Bhagavatam 7.5.30 and 31 it is stated that those who are captivated by the temporary beauties of the external energy forget the real aim of life which is to go back to Godhead forgetting this one has to sorry one tries to adjust things by various plans and programs but this is like chewing what has already been chewed so when you chew something, for example, sugarcane, you chew something, oh, you chew the sugarcane, oh, nice, sweet taste. After you have already chewed it, now if you chew again, what are you going to get out of it? You can't enjoy it. And you chew and chew and chew the same thing, what are you going to get out of it? Nothing. So, there is no pleasure in this material world. One tries to extract some pleasure by chewing the chewed in different ways. But actually, it's trying the same thing in various ways. Like Prabhupada said, the old man, he wants to go to the um, naked dancing club and wants to see the naked woman. He wants to have sex in so many different ways uh, by enjoying with the woman. Then he, when he cannot enjoy, when he's old, he cannot perform. Then he wants you know, to see a naked woman and enjoy in that way. At least by seeing, you know, he, he will try to satisfy himself. <laughs> so this way, you know, one tries to do the same thing over and over again in different, <clears throat> different ways. This is called chewing the chewed. Punah punaschar vitacharvananam. This is the exact Sanskrit word by Prahlad Maharaj. That is in the 7.5.31 that is on the mention here. Now, um, nonetheless, the Lord is so kind that He allows the forgetful living entity to continue in this way without intelligence. So, if somebody wants to go in foolish way, the Lord allows him to do so. Um, what is that? Nonetheless, the Lord is so kind that He allows the forgetful living entity to continue in this way without interference. Sorry, not intelligence, interference, sorry. Um, he doesn't interfere. 
oh, oh don't don't do like this stop no no because that person doesn't want to hear from the lord so okay you go ahead go ahead until the point that you cannot you understand that something is really wrong here that's when you will turn back to me ah i will wait for that until then i will give you okay you want this okay fine at your own risk accept it so the lord gives so that is why the lord is, has been providing for us you know even though we have been against him he has been providing whatever we wanted according to what we deserved he nonetheless sorry um nonetheless the lord the lord is so kind that he allows the forgetful living entity to continue in his way without interference thus this mantra of sri ishopanishad uses the very appropriate word yatha tatyataha indicating that the lord rewards the living entities just in pursuance of their desires it is not according to his desire like in some religions i see they they preach like this that why why some person is uh, mentally retarded and why some person is poor and why some uh, some person is rich they say this is the lord's test the lord is more favorable to the pure one i mean the poor one and uh, so he has an added uh, he has an advantage he has a what is it called um, unfair advantage or whatever you call you may call it so this is the lord's test they say no no this is completely wrong yatha tatyata he is fulfilling their desires and according to what they deserve see so it's not the lord's test or what it is just we because they otherwise they have no explanation this is a lord's test but by saying that they are saying that the lord is partial and the lord is foolish that he is not equal to everyone uh, or they are actually trying to make the lord a fool you know present the lord as a fool but no he is completely equal a judge he is not partial to one criminal or the other you no know, he is giving 6 months jail and he is giving 37 years jail that the, this person is he, he is not he is not um, um what is that he doesn't love somebody or hate somebody the judge just impartially executes the law so similarly the supreme lord also the law is there he has created the law and as per the law you know we get our dues hmm. so it is never that the lord according to his desire according to our desires if a living being wants to go to hell the lord allows him to do so without interference and if he wants to go back home back to godhead the lord helps him so as we want yadrishi yadrishi shraddha siddhir bhavati tadrishi and ye yathamam prapadyanti tam sathaiva bhajamya ham god is described here as paribhu the greatest of all no one is greater than or equal to him natasya karyam karanam cha vidyate natat samascha abhyadikascha drishyate and in bhagavad gita 7.7 he says mattah paratharam nanyat there is nobody equal to or above me everybody is below me ekalaishwar krishna ar sabhatya jaiche jare jaiche nachai she taiche karan ratya as he wants us to dance we dance sometimes on the hot plate sometimes because of the flute replace um then no one is greater than uh, greater than or equal to him other living beings are described here as beggars who ask goods from the lord we are all beggars the lord supplies the things the living entities desire if the entities were equal to the lord in potency if they were omnipotent and omniscient there would be no question of their begging from the lord even for so called liberation no we don't need to be beggars right if we are as good as the lord as the mayavadis claim then why are we begging from the lord you know 
Um, real liberation means going back to Godhead. Liberation as conceived of by an impersonalist is a myth and begging for sense gratification has to continue eternally unless the beggar comes to his spiritual senses and realizes his constitutional position. Hmm. So we have to beg the Lord for the devotional service. Only the Supreme Lord is self-sufficient. This is, what is self-sufficient? Swayambhu, Paribhu, Swayambhu. So that Swayambhu word is explained here. Only the Supreme Lord is self-sufficient. When Lord Krishna appeared on earth 5,000 years ago, he displayed his full manifestation as the personality of Godhead through his various activities. In his childhood, he killed many powerful demons such as Aghasura, Bakasura and Shakatasura and there was no question of his having acquired such power through any extraneous endeavor. He lifted Govardhan Hill without ever practicing weightlifting. <laughs> Krishna did not go to gym. Oh, Indra is going to... You know, oh, Indra is uh, what? Sending cloud. I'll practice some gym. You know, so that I will, I will lift the Govardhan. <laughs> how Prabhupada said. And how Krishna could suck the life air out of Putana. Only he was... He was such a small child, he was just sucking the milk, sucking the breast of his mother, such a small child. And he killed Putana, such a big demon. How? How did he know how to suck her life out? He doesn't know. An ordinary child wouldn't know. But how did Krishna know? Uh, that means, he, like the Maya, they say, uh, now you are uh, no, um, in Maya, but when you get liberated, then you become as good as God. So now you must practice penance and austerity and tapasya and all that. So you get liberated and then you become as good as the Lord. So, but Krishna did not do any tapasya and penance, but how he became as good as the Lord? Uh, that is the Lord. He does not have to become God. God is God whether he is a, is a baby or whether he is a you know, full-blown youth. He is always God. Mm. Uh, even on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, you know, he was God. Uh, as a baby in the lap of his mother, he was also God. He never acquired the power to become God. No, he always had. That is called self-sufficient, swarat, swayambhu. Hmm. He did not practice any weightlifting. Oh, I have a big championship uh, that I have to do, I have to practice. Weightlifters, they do that. But Krishna doesn't need to do that. Not only he is called Giridhari, he is called Vishwambhar. Vishwambhar, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's another name is Vishwambhar. Vishwambhar means he is uh, holding the entire universe. In fact, millions of universes. So, um, where were we? Yeah. He lifted Govardhan Hill without ever practicing weightlifting. He danced with the gopis without social restriction and without reproach. Nobody could stop him. Nobody could say, chastise him. Hey, why, how can you, you know? And he did not get any sin from dancing with other people's so-called wives. He did not get any sin. Nothing. So, that is Krishna. Uh, unrestricted. That's why Krishna is Sampurna Bhagavan. He did not even restrict himself anyway. Of course, he showed example also. Many many examples he showed how to behave. But also he did things which ordinarily could, cannot be done. But he can do without any restriction. Like dancing here with the gopis. He, do, he did. Hmm. Sampurna Bhagavan. Whereas even Ramachandra also restricted himself to one wife to show the path of ideal human being. Whereas Krishna, he did that as an ideal human being. At the same time, he also showed that he is completely above all the rules and regulations. He can do anything and still not get contaminated by sin. Apapa Vidham. 
um, although the gopis approached him with a paramour's feeling of love, the relationship between the gopis and Lord Krishna was worshipped even by Lord Chaitanya, who was a strict sannyasi and rigid follower of disciplinary regulations. Disciplinary, disciplinary regulations. Um, to confirm that the Lord is always pure and uncontaminated, Sri Ishopanishad describes him as Shuddham, antiseptic and apapavidham, prophylactic. He is antiseptic in the sense that even an impure thing can become purified just by touching him. Just like uh, Prabhupada gave the example, if we go to a place where there is stool and urine, you know, we may get contaminated and we may get sick. Um, but the Lord can, you know, the, the, for example, the sunlight. The sunlight can evaporate urine and still be uncontaminated. So, it can purify that place where it was all dirty and still remain uncontaminated, untouched. Um, but we, when we try to do that, when we may get sick. So, whoever comes to chant his even holy name becomes purified. Uh, even the most sinner, the worst sinner. Uh, what is that? Um, that um, all the sins that you can possibly commit and that you have possibly, I mean, that you have already committed, both will be. Uh, let's see. We have great sinners like uh, Mrigari, the hunter, or the Valmiki, Ramayana, I mean, the, uh, Valmiki, sorry, Sage Valmiki. He was a highway robber and big criminal. And uh, similarly, there are so many examples. And even Gajendra, who was an elephant, animal completely, you know, how sinful animal birth means less than even human. And so many, like Ajamil, you say Ajamil. So, so many sinful people have become purified by chanting holy name. Not that uh, they were so powerful that by, by the chanting of Krishna's holy name, they made Krishna sinful. No, the sin is no, they cannot be, they cannot touch. See, Nam no hi avde shakti. I'll just read the English translations because we are running, we are actually very late already. Simply by chanting one's holy name uh, of Hari, a sinful man can counteract reactions to more sins than he is able to commit. And next one, you see, if one chants the holy name of the Lord even in a helpless condition or without desiring to do so, all the reactions of a sinful life depart just as when a lion roars, all the sin- small animals flee in fear. Then here, Sakrutu charitam yena harirati aksharadvayam baddha parikarastena mokshaya gamanam prati By once chanting the holy name of the Lord, which consists of the two syllables Hari, one guarantees his path to liberation. This is not actually the one. What is the one? Oh yeah, the first one actually. By chanting one name, Hari, he can commit, I mean, he can counteract the reactions to more sins than he is able to commit. I did not pay attention there. So, you see, more sins than one can, the holy name can, you know, completely purify all the souls of the infinite universes. That much it can, and still be completely uncontaminated. Um, that is the Lord. Uh, that is just his name only. Of course, the name and him, there is no difference. Just by chanting his name, there is so much. So, that is the nature of the Lord. Completely pure. Purnam Shuddham Nitya Muktam Abhinnatvan Navanamino He is antiseptic in the sense that even an impure thing can become purified just by touching him. The word prophylactic refers to the power of his association. As mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita 9.30 and 31, a devotee may appear to be a sudrachara not well behaved in the beginning, but he should be accepted as pure because he is on the right path. This is due to the prophylactic nature of the Lord's association. So, that's a purifying nature of the Lord's association. That's why even a sadhu, sadhureva samantavya, apichet sudurachara bhajate maam ananyabhak sadhureva samantavya. 
so if we don't so if we see some mistake in a devotee of course we are not talking about gurus gurus they should be on the level of krishna they should have no mistake we are talking about advancing devotees they may have many frailties you know we all have so many weaknesses we have to you know um, uh, overcome so in the process of devotional service when there are some uh, defects seen in a devotee uh, even if may he may commit abominably something but still he should be considered sadhu and if we don't consider him a sadhu then we are committing an offense to the lord because we are not accepting his prophylactic nature that just by chanting he is on the right path he is going to get purified so he is not pure yet yes uh, but he is on the right path which can purify him so that's why ajamil although he was so much sin but chanting hari na or holy name then he always you know he the yamadutas could not take him uh, vishnudutas said no he is whatever he has done he has completely counteracted by this chanting that is a prophylactic because the yamadutas were not sufficiently educated in the power of the holy name yam, then yamaraj instructed them in the power of the holy name so this is the thing the lord is also apapavidham because sin cannot touch him even if he acts uh, in a way that appears to be sinful such actions are all good for there is no question of his being affected by sin because in all circumstances he is shuddham most purified he is often compared to the sun the sun extracts moisture from many untouchable places on the earth yet it remains pure in fact it purifies obnoxious things by virtue of its sterilizing powers if the sun which is a material object is so powerful then we can hardly begin to imagine the purifying strength of the all powerful lord all right that's the end of the session wow now questions i don't know how this is going to go i think i cannot give very elaborate answers to many i think i will see what we can do now in a short span of time oh we have so many questions okay let's try to do as quickly as possible and um, i will try not to go into detail so i hope you will understand that so virender prabhu question hari krishna mahamantra is sound representation of krishna which is non different from lord the supreme lord has invested all his energies in his holy names how do devotees benefit become purified and get transferred to the spiritual world by the subtle chanting of holy names so again yadrishi yadrishi shraddha siddhir bhavati tadrishi so as much as we have we have faith in the holy name that much we will advance how much we are attentive how much we are respectful to the holy name that much we will advance so that's why bahujanma if we, if we commit 10 offenses against the chanting of holy name even we chant for millions of years it will not work but if you know once if you chant offenselessly like ajamil did all perfection so it depends on how um, how much we surrender to the holy name hmm. virender prabhu next question I'm, i'm sorry for the short answers because we have to um try to finish this before 10:30 virender prabhu a quest uh, sorry a devotee asks only for devotional service birth after birth he doesn't desire mukti then is it the supreme lord who decides whether to accept devotee's service in shantadasya sakhya vatsal and madhuras in spiritual world well everybody already has their relationship with the lord which is just covered now we all already have our set relationship with the lord in the spiritual world now it is covered now when one is pure it will automatically reveal itself um, yes the lord decide everything so he decided everything he already decided it's just that it is covered now it's not that he will choose what to give us then you know when when we we will go there and let's see what we can do no it's already there um 
थ्री क्वेश्चन हरे कृष्णा प्रभु प्लीज एक्सेप्ट माय हमल ओबेसेंस जय श्री प्रभुपाद प्लीज फॉरगिव मी इफ आई एम कमिटिंग एन ऑफ एनी ऑफेंस बाय आस्किंग द क्वेश्चन डे प्रभु इट वाज स्टेटेड बाय श्री विश्वनाथ चक्रवर्ती ठाकुर वाज इट वाज स्टेटेड दैट श्री विश्वनाथ चक्रवर्ती ठाकुर वाज इन अ कॉन्जुगल लविंग मूड माधुर्य रस टुवर्ड्स कृष्णा एंड आई हैव हैड एंड आई हैव हर्ड मेनी ऑफ आवर आचार्यस इन डिफरेंट एंड यूनिक मूड्स विद द लॉर्ड हाउएवर व्हाट वाज द मूड ऑफ श्री प्रभुपाद टुवर्ड्स द लॉर्ड सॉरी आई एम जस्ट क्यूरियस प्लीज फॉरगिव दिस ऑफेंसिव सोल ओके आई कुड हैव सेव्ड सम टाइम इफ यू हैड नॉट मेंशन द वर्ड्स humble useless soul and all this has a question never mind you know um vishnu chakravarti thakur was in conjugal love what mood is prabhupada's mood he did not reveal we don't speculate but he is the most dear most servitor of chaitanya mahaprabhu because of which he you know he said that bhaktisiddhan saraswati thakur is uh, one of the manjaris uh, in the spiritual world assistant gopis but when you ask Prabhupad what his experience of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was he described him as a Vaikuntha man Vaikuntha man so he did not reveal too many things because we sometimes you know we get um attracted to unnecessary things which don't need our attention what is prabhupad doing in the spiritual world he must be doing the greatest service i mean he, you see what he is doing here so we should accept him as what he has revealed us revealed to us and that's it so we cannot speculate so he must be a great you know devotee in the spiritual world of course he is a great devotee and in the madhurya ras because um bhaktivinoda thakur said all the rasas have crossed the borders of india and he said um, i think this is what navadvi bhav taranga or something he said the dasaras has manifest has crossed the borders of india and manifested itself in the uh, body of moses and sakhiras was manifested in muhammad and vatsalaras was manifested in jesus but only madhuras hasn't gotten beyond the borders of india and then he predicted that soon there will be a personality who will travel freely around the world and give this madhuras everywhere this conjugal love so so in that way you can understand where is prabhupad so these are just hints but let us not speculate anything prabhupad is definitely the most most confidential inner circle of krishna's servants and that's what we need to know all right next virendra prabhu is the spiritual world made up of antimatter yes and definition of antimatter of the scientists is different their definition of antimatter Uh, according to easy journey to other planets book you are referring to that yeah so the scientists they refer to antimatter as the protons and neutrons and electrons you know they they move their definition the scientist definition the electrons they they spin in this direction in a clockwise direction for example and in antimatter they move in the counter clockwise direction so this is the definition of antimatter and then say when matter and antimatter collide there will be a complete um destruction of everything and and everything becomes zero this is the defective understanding of antimatter but prabhupad just took that word antimatter and then presented a whole new whole different description of antimatter antimatter means it has have no um characteristics of matter matter is perishable the antimatter should be imperishable so in that way prabhupad tra- defined antimatter as spirit soul but in the scientists they were actually mentioning another thing about antimatter about you know another form of matter only that is their understanding of antimatter okay 
I can really feel the nirjala ekadasi, the throat becoming parched and even painful sometimes. Okay, um, let's go a few more questions. Prem Bikash Prabhu. Uh, Hare Krishna Prabhuji, how come Radharani married by somebody? It's not actually married by somebody. It's, it's yeah, her, her husband's name is Abhimanyu, but not Abhimanyu of Arjuna's son. Um, but that is again to bring out that Parakiya Bhava. It is not that Radha Krishna Nahe Anya. There is no difference between Radha and Krishna. But it appears that she has an, because to show the Parakiya Bhava, Actually, everybody, Krishna is the husband of everybody. We are all Prakriti, female. He is the only male. He is the husband of all of us. But, um, to bring out that mood of Parakya, you know, that mood where a, a, a woman has another lover than the husband, then she will be so careful in the household duties. At the same time, she is thinking of that other man all the time. So, that attachment is even more than a wife has for her husband. And there is no contract there. In a wife has a has a security that okay this is my husband he will never leave me, but in Radharani's case there was no contract. And Krishna can leave anytime. He can have a relationship with any other woman, and he can never come back before her as he likes. But still to love Krishna despite no um, binding factor, that unconditional love, parakya bhava to mag to to manifest that in this material world. Therefore, there is um, you know this manifestation of like seeming husband for Radharani and all that. Hmm. Then uh, Virendra Prabhu again. The spirit soul encased in the material bodies are Sachidananda. However, after attaining spiritual world, the soul revives and is reinstated in his original Sachidananda spiritual body. Yes. Next question, Virendra Prabhu. Uh, if spiritual quotient is higher than intelligent quotient and e- emotional quotient if sq is higher than iq and eq is it good uh, yeah that that's all that matters actually and the the good the good thing is once you have sq you will automatically be given iq and eq because krishna says i will give the iq to those who have sq you know i will give the intelligence to those who are devoted to me in devotion so, once you have SQ, then everything else that is necessary to serve the Lord, you will get. Virendra Prabhu, next question. Does the Supreme Lord see the sincere efforts of devotee in serving Him in devotional service? Bhava, yeah, Bhava Grahi Janardana. So, yes. But it has to be sincere. If it's not sincere, He will also see that. That we are not sincere. And if we commit offenses like that, then He, if he thinks that Oh, this person, if he is in the association of devotees, he is just committing more offences, then he will remove him from the association of devotees. That also is there. So, so that he doesn't commit even more offences. So, better he stay away from devotees. And when he is ready again, then he will, let's see, then maybe in this life or next life or whenever he is ready, he can again come back in the association of devotees. So, we have to be very careful that we have to be absolutely sincere because we cannot cheat the Lord. The Lord is in our heart and He knows every single thought, every single fleeting thought that happens in our mind. Um, Virendra Prabhu, does the spiritual paintings of Krishna pastimes in Srila Prabhupada's movement are gateway or glimpse to spiritual world? Yeah, they are windows to the spiritual world as Prabhupada said. Vijay Sharma Prabhu, is it necessary to do the installation ceremony for Gaurnita and Srila Prabhupada Murti in householder's house? Well, as long as you chant, that is already the installation. You know, of course you must 
chant Namo Vishnupada without, without the Acharya, come on. I mean, just like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, I will only eat. Oops. <laughs> okay, the recording stopped. <laughs> so, uh, we will continue with our class. I thought the streaming itself stopped. So, the recording of it stopped. So, the streaming is still going on. So, okay. Um, where were we? Okay, Vijay Sharma Prabhu. Is it necessary to do the installation ceremony? So, yeah. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, I will only eat in the Lakshapati's house. And whoever chants 1 lakh names, that means 100,000 names every day, that means it comes, corresponds to 64 rounds every day, I will only eat in their house, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said. So, in that way, even we are not even in, qualified to invite Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, right? But because again, Chaitanya Srila Prabhupada is there, we have the access to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy through Srila Prabhupada. So, again, whatever we are doing, we have to chant the names of um, the Guru, especially Srila Prabhupada and yes, then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy, Krishna's mercy, everything is open. Free flow, the dam is open and we get over flooded with Krishna Prema. So, uh, it is best to do the Gaurnita, I mean the, the installation ceremony but you know, for Gaurnita especially, you just chant and uh, start worshipping. Just chanting itself is installation for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But still, in the temple we did all the whole ceremony. In temple, we have to do everything. See, the whole thing is... Uh, what is that? There is a threshold. But then, if you can do more, you should always do more. What is the minimum, least common, I mean, least uh, viable thing? That, Like Krishna said in the 9th chapter, 26th verse, Patram Pushpam Phalam Toyam. Just give me a leaf, flower, fruit or water, I will accept that doesn't mean we should only ja now just give leaf, flower, fruit and water and nothing else. No. That doesn't mean we should not cook any nice preparations to the Lord. No. That is the baseline. So that it is accessible to everyone. Even the poorest man, he does not have anything. He can still offer a leaf, tulsi leaf or a flower or a fruit. So he is making him, Krishna is making himself accessible to even the most poorest man. But it does not mean that we should stay at the threshold and especially when there is opportunity to more, do more grander way, we should do in the most grandest way possible for the Lord. So in the temple we do everything in a grand, very grand way. But in house it can be simple, but still we have to do, you know, that is there. Ajanya Mataji, is South in, in South Indian temples using any metal or stone for making idols, why marble used for making idols in Hare Krishna temples? It doesn't matter, as long as stone or iron, we have seen the eight kinds of deities doesn't really matter. So, the Lord will accept that form if he is invited by the Acharyas. Alright. Lord Chaitanya about Jagannath Prasadam being spiritual. Oh yes. CC Antya. We will go there. Just 6-7 verses. We will just read them straight. So, the Lord is saying Antya what? Antya what chapter? 106 to 112. But what chapter? Uh, there is no mention of the chapter here. So, I can't really go there. I, I don't want to search for it now. Okay, if you can let me know in the comments what is the chapter number, that will be good. Again, then Ajanya Mataji, what is the role of conscience in understanding the philosophy? Well, all these are... Conscience again comes from, again comes from the super soul. So, the spiritual, I mean the super soul, Paramatma gives us the necessary intelligence, if we are sincere. Tesham Satata Yuktanam. So, conscience and philosophy, everything, it is directed by the Lord. So, if we are sincere. And, of course, in the in sometimes 
our consciousness our consciousness or our conscience says something and we are not sometimes it, it may be contradicting what shastra says so our mind says our conscience says something and then the philosophy is something else then how do we know whether to follow our conscience or philosophy that's when we have to check with the devotees because our mind sometimes we do not know whether maya is dictating us or the parmatma is dictating us that's why we have to take from sadhu shastra guru to confirm our thing and if it is something else then oh uh, then we have to reject that idea and then follow what the shastra says if it's confirmed by the devotees yes this is correct then if they show shastric references okay then i am on the right path okay fine then I'll. so in the beginning we do not know whether we are which way we are you know where our mind we we tend to listen to our mind and we tend to accept mind's dictations as more important than what shastra says or our feelings our what we resonate with and all this we we, th- we try to judge everything based on those things but that's not the way you should do it we should always reject first whatever the mind says confirm i mean get get the opinion of sadhu shastra guru if whatever they say we have to accept if it coincides with our minds uh, whatever it was well and good still don't give any importance to the mind because next time oh last time it, it coincided with sadhu shastra guru so this time also it should be right because my mind is already i think pure already so i think uh, yeah krishna is already speaking through my mind because it already coincided once but so now it also has, must be coincided no that is rubbish so in every single time we have to beat the mind and say no 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 whatever it is first reject and get the opinion of sadhu shastra guru if it is coinciding well and good not coinciding reject that opinion always treat the uh, mind as enemy rather than friend then we can control the mind eventually that's the way to go about it okay um chapter 16 it seems okay good thank you cc antya chapter 16 verses okay index we go to index and verses 106 through 112 okay sri chaitanya mahaprabhu then gave shares of the prasadam uh, who govind brought the prasadam uh, 5 uh, following the indications of sri chaitanya mahaprabhu govind brought <coughs> govind brought the prasadam of jagannath lord jagannath the lord sent some to parmananda puri and brahmananda bharati next sri chaitanya mahaprabhu then gave shares of the prasadam to ramananda rai sarvabhauma bhattacharya swarup damodar goswami and all the other devotees as they tasted the uncommon sweetness and fragrance of the prasadam everyone's mind was struck with wonder sri chaitanya mahaprabhu said these ingredients such as sugar camphor black pepper cardamom cloves butter spices and licorice are all material everyone has tasted these material substances before i think uh, some people might be salivating by now because of the <laughs> nirjala ekadashi uh, by you know seeing all these names of different food items but uh, please hold on until tomorrow morning um so he said all these substances we have already tasted before however the lord you know continued in these ingredients there are extraordinary tastes and uncommon fragrances just taste them and see the difference in the experience apart from the taste even the fragrance pleases the mind and makes one forget any other sweetness besides its own besides its own therefore it is to be understood that the spiritual spiritual nectar of krishna's lips has touched these ordinary ingredients and transferred to them all their spiritual qualities in this way the matter turns into spirit Uh, so therefore nothing material can inspire the spirit soul or purify the spirit soul but spirit or krishna especially he can uh, purify us so the lord is manifesting through these so called material forms but he is inspiring us spiritually uh, and is purifying us through prasadam through books through 
you know, through deity form, through Mahamantra, everything. Um, um, yeah. So, he has transferred to them all their spiritual qualities. You see, Krishna's lips, the quality of Krishna's lips, which is so uh, adharam madhuram, vadanam madhuram, so that madhuram, the sweetness of Krishna's lips has touched this food and that's why the prasadam is so nice and tasty. Um, a fragrance and taste that are uncommon and greatly enchanting and that makes one forget all other experiences are attributes of Krishna's lips. So, in this way, he, uh, he pointed this. So, thank you for that reference. Again, continuing with questions. Okay. Um, well, I still have so many questions. Okay. Uh, if possible, if it is not related to today's class, don't ask any more questions <laughs> because I can't go on until 11 o'clock. Um, we will answer these questions that are already here. But again, in a short way possible. So, please uh, bear with us. And if you have more questions, you write them down and ask tomorrow. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> so, okay. Um, what is the role of conscience? Okay, we have already gone through that. In other yugas, okay, the next question by Vishnu Teja. In other yugas, are the Mlechas what the modern scientists think are cavemen? No, Mlechas are anyone who are against Vedic, um, Vedic civilization, Vedic culture. So, again, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, they can be even very good looking and everything. In fact, there is a Mayura Dhaja. Is that Mayura? No. There is a description in the Nectar of Devotion that the Mlechas who uh, come from this province, they have beautiful features, but when they become Vaishnavas, and with the nice tilak and all the Vaishnava dress, they are—they look even more transcendently uh, beautiful. So that is explained. So that kind of a place is there. So Mlechas, where they were beautiful also, and even the Khasa, you know, um, the Khasa Desh, which is the uh, Asians, the the Chinese, you know, that that breed. So they are also one of the um, below Shudras, but again. They are also having, you know, some of them beautiful features, fair and everything. But, so everybody, anybody against and, and a meat eater, he is called a Mlecha. Anybody against the Vedic culture. So, not just cavemen. Cavemen, there are other aborigines, you know, Kirata, Shabara, all these uh, forest people, forest dwellers are also there. They, are, they, are, they, all, they also have their different names. But Mlecha is not exactly that. Okay, next question. Ajanya Mataji, which desire will lead to birth of a snake? How do I know? Uh, enviousness, I mean, he's already a snake, even in human body. Sarpakrora khala krora khala. Sarpat krora tha khala. Sarpat krora tha khala. Envious man is worse than a snake. You know, he will bite for no reason. So anyway, I, I exactly don't know which desire will lead to a birth of a snake. I'll skip that question. Anyway, I do not know the answer. Anyway, it's less than a human body, so it's, it's, it's... So, again, please ask relevant questions. <laughs> this is my request. We don't want so many questions that are just deviating from the topic. Okay, Virendra Prabhu, how does the Supreme Lord shower His mercy on a devotee? By giving Him... Real mercy is devotional service, actually. Everything is His mercy. Even He's giving us the air to breathe, otherwise we cannot, you know, breathe also. Just like now, everybody has to wear masks, you know, cloth, you know. It is sometimes suffocating in the... When you are doing work, you know, and strenuous work, it is suffocating sometimes. 
we experience that because when we get vegetables every day every week for the lord i mean lift all those cartons and all this heavy stuff and then we have to wear the mask it is like and then you really start to appreciate fresh air and you still really start to see how the lord is merciful just by giving even air so he is merciful all the way okay but for the devotee he gives more and more chance to the devotional service and gives him realizations bhakti pareshanu bhava virakti so this is the three symptoms and he gives detachment from the material world in this way one shows mercy to the devotee Mm. gives the association of devotees all these things okay then vishnu tejam prabhu um prabhu can i consider it my good karma to have your association not my association i am not no not really <laughs> that's not your good karma as <laughs> a result of a bad karma but um, you're hearing these words that those are prabhupada's words that's why you're getting any benefit not not mine Ajanya Mataji, um, then Krishna is playing a game with his rules and we are the toys. Prabhu said that Krishna won't come and elevate all souls even though he can do it. He can do it but he doesn't interfere with our independence. We are not just toys like, the toys can't move unless we move it, right? So we are not exactly like toys. So we can, we can move against the will of the player. Um, whereas the toys cannot move against the will of the however the child is moving it he will the toy will move but we are more than this toys because we are living beings and uh, he basically it is our independence he does not interfere with our independence he tells us what will happen if we use our independence and what will happen if we misuse our independence but the cha- the choice whether to use or misuse it he leaves it to us yathechasi tathakuru so he left that to arjuna he said arjuna i have explained to you the entire bhagavad gita and you this is what will happen this way that way if you listen to me you will have all success if you don't listen to me you will go to hell and you know suffer now i will leave it to you what you want to do you go to go to hell or you know be blessed by me you decide so that independence he leaves it to us yes he can liberate everyone but he doesn't interfere with our independence and that's why he is not playing games with us no no we wanted to play the game so he he gave us the field on which to play the game we wanted to play the game so we wanted to be krishna so in the spiritual world there is no field there so he gave us this material world which is a field to play that game he built the stadium for us basically the arena and he 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 play i mean he got some rules the law of karma and now you play and be the winner be the champion and um, <laughs> the, the more the champion we are the more we suffer here so when we understand that then okay then we will say okay krishna then i don't want to play this game anymore i will come back to you then yes then you can play with krishna the real game in the spiritual world next oh that's it Krishna Smaranam Prabhu is saying, you said that you will abbreviate your answers, but you are not doing a good job. Actually, I did. 16 questions in 20 minutes. That is a good job. I did a good job. Okay. (laughs) All right. We'll stop here. Sri Ishopanishad ki jai, Shri Prabhupada ki jai, Ananta Koti Vaishnavarand ki jai. Hare Krishna. Hari Hari Bol. Nitai Gaur Primanande. Hari Hari Bol. Hare Krishna.